I wish I could find a song about motor, <laughs> motor boating, 
but it had to be motoring. There's no motor boating or motor boarding. Only motoring. Welcome, my friends. It's 1.27 in the morning, May 28th, 2016. This is Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff Wittellis. I usually do this show along with a gaggle of other co-hosts on Wednesday nights. We just had a show on Wednesday night. It's only two nights later. Usually I'm burnt out on it for a while and I can't do it for another week. But tonight I felt like I had some things to say and I don't want to wait until Wednesday to say them. And in fact, I think by Wednesday, maybe the the topic's going to be a little bit stale. Maybe things I'll want to say will have been said by many people by then. And I can't have that. So this is going to be a one-topic special show. We only do these once in a while, but I think this one is worth doing, especially because I've I've thrust myself into the matter. It's something that doesn't directly involve me, but uh, it's something as a poker player I took an interest in. And I always like deciphering the truth when there's a dispute, when there's two sides to a story and everyone's trying to figure out what really happened. I find those things fascinating, and even if they don't involve me, I want to get to the truth, and I want the people who aren't telling the truth to be exposed for the lies that they're telling. So I decided that even though we're at a fairly late hour, even though it's 4.30 a.m. on the East Coast and even 1.30 a.m. on the West Coast, so I don't expect to get a whole lot of listeners, but I tweeted this out. Who knows, maybe even the two people we're talking about will listen. I'm talking about uh, Nolan Dalla and Jacqueline Moscow. They're the subjects of tonight's show. And I think I have this mostly figured out. And I say mostly because I wasn't there. There's only two people who know what really happened. Nolan Dalla knows what really happened. Jacqueline Moscow knows what really happened. I mean, she knows everything because... She interacted with several people, so she told several stories. The main one was about Nolan Dalla, but uh, she told stories about other people as well. But uh, she and Nolan Dalla at least know everything, what happened between them. And she knows everything, what happened between her and everybody else. But we will never get the full story from either of them, I promise you that. I don't think either of them will ever tell us the full truth. I have not spoken to Jacqueline directly. I have spoken to Nolan on the phone. I spoke to him yesterday. And some of you might feel that I'm doing this show to bash Jacqueline. Because you've seen my posts probably, you've seen my tweets, and they've been mostly against Jacqueline and her claims. So you probably think this is a show to come on and defend Nolan and be part of the old boys network. Maybe you're thinking because Nolan is friends with Brandon who is a co-host of the show, Brandon Drexel-Gerson. Maybe you're thinking that uh, I'm just helping out a friend's friend. But guess what? While I am not going to be supportive of Jacqueline and her actions of late, I'm not going to be all that supportive of Nolan either. Because uh, I'm a little bit annoyed at him too. And I will tell you, I have no friends in this controversy. Nolan is not my friend. He's Brandon's friend. He's not my friend. In fact, uh, he wrote, and you can still find it, a very critical blog about me eight years ago. 
Now, it was eight years ago, but we haven't had any interaction since eight years ago when this happened. It wasn't a horrible thing, but he wrote a very uh, critical blog, strongly putting me down for what I said on 60 Minutes about the poker cheating scandals. So he's, he's not my friend. Jacqueline I didn't even know. Uh, you guys all know how much I love social justice warriors. I talk about that on my show, how much I despise them, how, I, how misguided I think they are, how hypocritical I think they are. And that's the majority of people who are really, really vocal on her side are the social justice warriors. She has a few friends on her side too. But uh, And there's people now, by the way, who strongly believe – what she had to say. I think she she did a pretty good job on today's interview she had with uh, Chicago Joey, which was uh, on Chicago Joey's podcast. You can find that. You just go on YouTube and type in Jacqueline Moscow. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-N, Moscow, M-O-S-K-O-W, and Chicago Joey, all one word, exactly that sounds, and it'll pop up. Or if it doesn't pop up, then... Uh, You'll find your way there. Or you can go to Poker Fraud Alert in our thread in the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum. On the third page, there's the podcast where she appeared today. Post it. I guess now it's yesterday because the days rolled over. It's after midnight. But she appeared Friday, Friday afternoon with Chicago Joey. I, I thought, you know, at first I heard that Chicago Joey was lobbing softballs at her, which didn't surprise me because that's what he's known for. But he he asked some questions that were, I felt, not softball questions. I felt he asked some good questions there. I, I have no problem with Joey's performance in that interview. I think that most of the relevant stuff was asked of her. I mean, if I, it was me doing the interview, I would, I would have asked some more hard-hitting stuff. But he wasn't softballing either. It was kind of in the middle. And uh, I thought she did a good job of coming off like she was telling the truth, of coming off like... Uh, she was sincere and you should believe her. And I had people messaging me today saying, wow, you know, I thought the other way until I heard her on that podcast today. And wow, I believe her. I believe her now. And so the tide has really turned. And whereas before, and in fact, I told Nolan this personally on the phone yesterday before, about a, a day ago, most people supported Nolan in this. Most people thought she was crazy. Now, most people believe Jacqueline's version of events. Most people see her as the victim. Most people think that Nolan is a scumbag. Most people think he is a sexual harasser. So they think all these bad things about Nolan and that Jackie was, uh, Jacqueline, not Jackie, Jacqueline was very brave to come forward. And a few may concede, well, you know, she may have been trying to exploit this a little bit for personal gain, but it's her right. She was a victim. So, you know, victims are entitled to collecting damages. That's what I keep hearing from people. So I want to set the record straight with what I feel is going on here. And I had my initial reaction. This actually dropped in my lap while I was doing radio on Wednesday night. So I I didn't have time to prepare on Wednesday. Wednesday, the story broke as we were doing our show. So I actually read it on the air. And as I was reading it, you guys were hearing it for the first time. And I was hearing it for the first time. So I was discovering it along with you on Wednesday night, if you listened. And I came to a few conclusions. And the funny thing is my initial conclusions, which I got away from a little bit, especially after talking to Nolan, and yeah, I, I, I veered a little bit away from my initial conclusions, and yet I have snapped back. Sometimes your first instinct is the right one, and that's with a lot of things. I'm sure you've had friends before where initially you don't like them or trust them, and then they warm up to you, 
and you become close to them and they screw you over and go, damn it, why didn't I, I like if I just trusted my first instinct, it, this wouldn't have happened. Or maybe with someone you've dated, you felt that way. Maybe even someone you married, you felt that way. Maybe even in poker where someone raises you, you go, oh, he's got it, I'm going to fold. And then you talk yourself into calling because you just make yourself believe that they're bluffing you or semi-bluffing you and you call it up, they flip up the nuts. You go, damn it, I knew what the right thing to do was in the first few seconds, and I talked myself out. I've had that a lot of times. If I, I think if I went with my initial gut instinct with most plays that are made against me in poker, I'd probably have won more. Probably would have done better, especially in tournaments. In fact, that should be my uh, resolution this year at the World Series. Just whatever I think quickly, if it's a strong feeling, just go with it. Like, I'm not saying don't think, but like if, if I feel something, go with it. Because when I talk myself out of it, that's when I screw myself up. I'm not talking about something that's tough where you don't have a feeling either way. Like something that initially jumps out at you one way and then you talk yourself out of it, do the other way, and you lose. So um, I, I did that to myself with this. I talked myself out of my initial instinct, and then now I'm back to my initial feeling. But fortunately, unlike a poker tournament, I didn't lose any money. So uh, if you want to call in, the phone number tonight, same as always, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line, which is an old 70s rotary telephone that I have on top of Mount Charleston, which forwards to wherever I go. That phone number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. Just go to the radio page on PokerFraudAlert.com if you forget those numbers. If you want to listen on the phone instead of listening through the Internet, you can do that too. You can call our call-to-listen line, which is seven seven or sorry 712-775-8162. That's also listed in the radio page, 712-775-8162. You can also text me at the main radio phone number for the show. Again, 775-FRAUD55 or 775-372-8355. I will read your text on the air unless you ask me not to. I will. Okay. And by the way, if you, if you fall asleep, don't worry. I'm going to put this in the archives. And yes, for those of you who are new, I say archives that way on purpose. I will put this in the archives. You can listen whenever you want. If you can't stay up this late or if you're dozing off, don't worry about it. But I know it's Friday night. A lot of you are maybe just getting home from going out or you're just staying up late because you don't have to work tomorrow. Or maybe you're a degenerate poker player who's up anyway. So whatever your case, welcome. And... uh I just wanted to get this out. We're not going to have as big of an audience as we have during the Wednesday show. By the way, if you're in the chat room and you're typing and you see it says undefined, see, we have a chat room. If you go to the PokerFraudAlert.com site, you can click on chat and go in there. You have to have an account on the site. But uh, anyway, if you are in there and you're typing and it says your name is undefined, it's because the chat room was malfunctioning. I had to reset it. So just log out and log back in. It'll give you a name. To be honest... Uh, I'm not going to check the chat room that much because I, it's hard. I, I'm doing everything here. So I'll try to read the chat room. Real Talk is saying in chat, I think the last emergency radio was Druff driving through the desert after the Donkdown breakup. I don't know if that's the last one. I know I actually did one during the World Series with Brandon. But... Uh, that was more of like just an unscheduled show rather than an emergency show. An emergency show is just when I flip on with a few minutes notice, which is what I did tonight. Though I was considering it all night. 
for those of you that remember when I left Donk Down, yeah, that when that whole controversy was breaking out, I I couldn't wait till the next show either, and I uh, I went and did a, a show actually in my car driving back from Phoenix. Here's somebody I thought would not be available tonight because he he was having fun with uh, a lot of uh, well-known people. Brandon Drexel Gerson, hello. Hey, good evening. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad you showed up. Say hi. Uh, yeah, oh. I'm not going to be on very long. Say hi. Who is that? Uh, hi, Todd. It's Jeannie. Oh, hi, Jeannie. No, We're couple... in bed. Well, what? Yeah. You're in bed. A couple oh, uh, quick questions. Uh, first off, is there going to be a free roll tonight? No. Uh, there... no. Okay. No. Secondly, I'm with some of the Survivor people. They want to know, are there any challenges? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think one of the challenges, actually, I'll come up with a challenge. Uh, everybody get in bed with Brandon. <laughs> or is that already no, happening? You know, unfortunately, I, I, you know, would love to be a part of this, but I, I'm on holiday, as you know, and it's also late. and I've been up since very early, but I do want to ask you a couple things. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm playing... You know, I'm with the Survivor people. I know that Anna Kate, she's way cuter in person than uh, on TV. I'll tell you that. That's what I said. I said I told people oh, that in one geez. of the threads. I said, I said, uh, I said, you know, I know some of you are critical of her pictures and say she's not all that hot. No, I said, look, when I, I said, cute. yeah, I said when I met her in person, I thought she was very pretty. Now, for those uh, that want a better glimpse, I actually posted a picture in the Anna Kate thread. Uh, Anna Kate, Kate, is it Kate? Yeah, yeah, okay. Kate. Yeah. Um, so a couple points of interest i'm here also i'm doing a lot of things this weekend I'm with the survivor people and with you know genie i'm with c money i'm playing in the jason somerville what is it called run it up run, run it, up. it up reno run it up reno um and he had i met him tonight for the first time talked with him for a bit very nice guy offered to come on our show anytime uh hmm. that we want him to come on he's kind of like the it poker guy now. he is he? now he has he blows away our ratings that's for sure yeah so, oh, he has a podcast too. Well, that's that's what he's best known for. Yeah, he does like a a, a Twitch show, not like a podcast, but like a Twitch that's show. He was best known for being gay and like coming out. No, that was the first thing he was known for. He was initially oh. known as the as the gay poker player, but he has this really really successful uh, Twitch broadcast that gets as many as twenty five thousand people. It, it's insane. Well, okay, Karina's interjecting. He's never been known as a gay poker player, but I thought that kind of brought him to. I'm not bashing. No, that him. is that, that's how I got to know him too. as a yes, gay poker I, player. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, he offered to come on the show. Uh, very, very, very nice guy. Um, so a lot's been going on today. It's been very hard to figure out what's fact and what's fiction. The one thing I do want to ask you is I got uh, several texts from various people indicating that as of today, Nolan Dalla, or maybe it wasn't today, but it was released today that Nolan Dalla uh, has been let go from, uh, how do you say, what's the acronym, Pete? Poker Night in America, PNIA. I want to ask you, and this is what I said to uh, both Karina, uh, Jeannie, and then the guy that won the the million-dollar thing eating snails. Um, Is it confirmed? Because I knew you would know this. You've done the research. I said, this is what I say. Todd's holed up in a Hampton Inn somewhere, okay, with just papers and Internet and servers, and he's been researching this. So, you know, you're the best source. Is that confirmed? Uh, no, been... not, not not confirmed yet. There's been no statement. However, there's been uh, statements both from uh, Kate Hall 
and who you know, has been very much on uh, yes. Jacqueline's side, and also one from Todd Brunson. But Todd was defending Nolan in a way, saying that he is no longer with Poker Night in America, but it's that was happening anyway. It had nothing to do with this. They were uh, transit. They were getting rid of his job there. They just didn't need him anymore, and and it just happened to coincide with this. I don't know if that's true, but they, both of them are saying for different reasons he's not there anymore. I thought he was the brains and like the the wheels of behind this. I thought so too, but uh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, Karina's saying absolutely not. Well, no, I, I he he was like the creative director. He was like the one who would who would get the players in there that were interesting. Okay. Um, now, on another side note, uh, nothing to do with the show, but I do have to ask you. I was messaged earlier today by PFA user Dice Pops, who lives about uh, maybe two miles from the resort I'm staying in in Reno, and wanted to meet up tomorrow for a scotch. Uh, and you know, I've you know I've had some real big hit or misses with that category. Um, do you know who this? Do you know anything? I, about I, yeah, Pops? I've heard of him. I, I believe he's old, and uh, that, that's that's. I think that. No, I'm just telling you the description. Yeah. I think he's old, and I, that's all okay. I know about him. But I, I can't tell you. I vouch for him. I can't tell. Like with Trey I knew when you met him, it would be it would go well. And and like Cal Watts, another guy that you know. Uh, for, for in all my interactions with him and my meetup with right. him, everything was good and he seemed normal. I, I know nothing about Dice Pops other than like he's just kind of been around. I think he's a real person and I, I think he's old. Okay. I think he's like his 60s or something. And lastly, uh, I don't mean to spam it, but I feel like I kind of can. Uh, I'd like to announce that, uh, and everyone is invited, July 2nd, there's going to be a charity tournament hosted by Brad Garrett, which Karina Jett is – What'd you say, hon? You're orchestrating it. You're promoting it. She's helping uh, at MGM. What is the name of the charity? Maximum Hope. Hope. And you know Brad Garrett. Remember, he's the tall, funny guy from the one show about the mom or the guy that everyone loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, but anyhow, you know, this is what what I told several people that asked me if I was going to be on. The truth of the matter is, uh, I didn't. We've listened in bits and pieces to uh, Moscow's interview. Literally, when uh, I arrived in Reno, when I was picked up in a waiting car, that was instantly played for me within minutes. Like, it's actually <laughs> kind of funny. Like, I'm some, you know, like government official and I needed to be briefed, you know, right See, in the car. Yeah. Like, Brandon, come this way. You have to hear this. Yeah. But I, and this is what I've said to everyone that's asked me, and I, I've gotten a lot of texts and tweets. Yeah, because you're friends uh, with Nolan, so I'm sure they want to ask you about it. Yeah, but, and I don't, I just, I've been off the internet. I didn't listen to her entire interview. I've listened to maybe, maybe a fifth of it in bits and pieces. And, you know, I just responded that I don't feel as if, uh, not because of any, any, you know, relationship, but I don't feel as if I'm knowledgeable and caught up enough to uh, accurately contribute versus someone like you. Who I know is listened to everything. You know, you know what is fiction. What's I mean, you know what I'm saying. You're, you're caught up to date. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, so, that's that's fine. By the way, we uh, this is something that's going to surprise some people. Uh, you know, sometimes this is a, a show where everybody agrees. Other times we have uh, disagreements. We're going to have like a, a point counterpoint sort of thing. I think we're going to have a counterpoint on tonight, and it's a familiar voice that some people thought they wouldn't hear again on the show. Uh, familiar voice, go ahead and speak. Hello. Yep. Is this is this PFA Radio? It is. Oh, hey guys, <laughs> it's Daredevil. So Daredevil oh. is is back as this is his return after uh, an absence, and uh, we weren't sure if we'd see him back, but he is uh, he's returning at least as a cameo tonight. And he last I heard, he doesn't really agree. Why? I don't think he fully knows my. I don't think anybody knows fully my position, which I'll explain shortly. Well, could Daredevil at least once on the record say that we never forced him off? 
Nothing ever bad happened. <laughs> we weren't mean to him. I mean, I bought the uh, kid a corned beef sa- or pastrami sandwich. Yeah, it was a pastrami sandwich. That's right. Carnegie Deli at the Mirage. Did I do anything mean to you? Wasn't I nice and hospitable? That's correct, yes. I don't know why that was ever in controversy. Yeah. Well, people just always want to make controversy here. And also, lastly, Jeannie would like to talk about some of the promotions that Poker Stars will be offering for the month of June. <laughs> so no, I'm kidding. Okay, as soon as you say, as soon as Poker Stars sends me that check, as soon as they send me that check, we'll be glad to have that segment. Oof! Did you hear that? Really bad that never bought me a sandwich. Oh, so uh, anyhow, I'm. I'm. Well, you know what? Yeah, well, they know I'm in bed with you. What I'm going to do real fast. I, I know this is a serious show, believe me. But Jeannie has never been on radio, or it's been very long. She just would like to say hello, maybe. Is that fine? Okay, let's go ahead. Yeah, then, then we'll okay, get going. You know, All right. Help the show. She, you'd say she's a friend of the show. Yeah, she is. Yes. Okay. Hello? You said you wanted to be on radio. What are you talking about? Well, you don't have to force her. Yeah, she. Well, say hello. Hi, Todd. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, uh, Daredevil. He's other. Hi, Daredevil. How are hi, you? Hi, Jeannie. I'm good. How are you? Wait a minute. Karina wants to say hi too. Now, Karina wants to say hi. Oh, Karina, chat. Okay. It's turning into a party here. Together. Okay. Oh, hello. Hi, Todd. Hi, Karina. Hi, Daredevil. Hi, Karita. <laughs> that's all I want to say. Okay, that's great. Okay, thank you. Well, I'll see. I'll see. No, I'll see you guys soon. I'm sure when I'm in Vegas in a few and, weeks. And lastly, I, I know you'd have no need for this, but for those that are listening, that actually care, uh, to the best of my knowledge, the Pepper Mill in Reno has uh, four bots right outside the poker. It doesn't matter. It's not going. Nothing's going to change. And it is. It is the last of the bots that give. Average to above average comps. Huh. Hmm. Um, and what are the limits? Uh, two, four, four, eight, five, ten. Okay. All right. Uh, that's that's a that's a limit. Hold, that's a limit. Hold them heads up, bot. For those of you wondering. Oh well, no, but I'm talking the blinds, not yet. So uh, I've accumulated almost two hundred dollars playing. Not not very much in one day. Um, so <laughs> anyone that is interested in that, uh, it's the last place I know of that offers comps. Oh, I may have to go to Reno. I don't know. I'm just going to say Todd's on his way up here. Yeah. Of course <laughs> he will be. I mean, you literally could get to the highest tier here within uh, a matter of days. Yeah, but most know, I mean, most, most of them, though, it's not worth very much to be the high tier. It's the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean. give you a free room suite. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got that nice. seven. But, but it's, yeah, it's still Reno also is the other problem. Yeah. Okay, well. So, any, any I respectfully, uh, I'm going to thank you for giving us some airtime. We're going to literally turn it back on the laptop and probably fall asleep listening to your voice. Beautiful. I've never done that okay. before. Have fun. I'm sure you all enjoy it. And Daredevil, good to hear you back. Uh, Trader good Rooster to talk to you. Will, will be up at 530 in the morning. Um, I left him a message to you know chime in. The assistant's going to wake him up. <laughs> okay. Some tea and whatnot. But anyhow, I'm, I'm eager to hear everything. And So just so I kind of – have an idea what's what's going to go on? Have you pieced a lot of this together? I've done I've done have nothing yet. It, it, fact oh no, I, I did. Yeah, I privately I did, but I haven't done this show yet. I, I have privately well, pieced everything. Saying, yes, though, you have things that you're going to be able to state. Yes, that will educate people that do not really know. Yes, fact and fiction and what may have happened, but not. Yeah, I, I and that's I, I hope at the end people will have some more clarity here. But yes, okay. Well, listen, guys, I'll see you on Wednesday. Daredevil, uh, hopefully you're there because we've been lacking hosts as of late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, you know, I, I I text Todd off air about this. I do think that we may have to consider doing a spinoff like they did with Happy Days or Archie Bunker. Or, uh, even it, it is kind of like Happy Days. There's what, like way too many characters at the end. Yeah, that's Arthur. true. That's true. Claude. Okay, have a great show. I, I, I 
reserve the right to call back in. Okay, uh, you can but, reserve. Uh, I'll reserve a spot for you. Your, your seat will not be taken. You can lock it up. Okay, Anna Kate says hi. She just walked in, too. Okay. So, hi, Anna. So, say hello to Anna, too. She was a little upset at you, but I'll, I'll tell you. Anymore. Well, she's well, upset. upset well, she was upset about uh, someone called and maybe said some nasty things to her that upset her. I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, I know. I said, well, they, you know you know how the audience is. Like, I I well, didn't say anything that's bad. That's why you should never take calls. Like, if we have Somerville on, we can't be taking crazy calls from people. I know. You know? So, but uh, anyhow, she says hi. Anyone else have anything they want to promote? Good night, Todd. Okay, have a great show. Okay. Daredevil, Todd, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, Brandon. All right. Bye, That's guys. Brandon, the, the normal co-host of the show, if you're a new person listening from Twitter or whatever. Uh, anyway, getting along here. If uh, I apologize if you came on to hear all this content about uh, – I'll put a timestamp on this one else begins. This is worse <laughs> when we do the intro that uh, drags on me. Like, like, you know, Brandon all said, had interesting stuff to say. It's just not about the subject. Right. So um, anyway – so I'm going to get going here. Uh, so, so this is what's going on. A very quick overview for those of you that aren't familiar, but I'm not going to go into a long explanation with the overview because most of you already know this, this is why you're listening. A woman named Jacqueline Moscow, who's a doctor of osteopathy, which is different than an MD. It's kind of like an MD, but it's not quite an MD. Uh, she appeared on the TV show Poker Night in America, in 2014, she, she was at the first taping in, in November. And she alleged the following things occurred. She alleged that uh, the, uh, I guess the, the main, the executive producer, whatever that guy's title is, the show, uh, Todd Anderson, that he immediately was nasty to her when she showed up and said, what are you doing here? I don't even know why you're here. The only reason that you could be here is if Nolan has a crush on you. Uh, that the host of the show of poker night in america chris hansen not the one who busts pedophiles but a uh, different chris hansen that chris hansen was talking to her and said you know what the the good thing about poker night in america that's different from all other poker shows is that we don't have any jews on here and she's jewish by the way and she he didn't know she was when she when he allegedly said that uh Nolan Dalla, this is the worst of the accusations, who works behind the scenes of the show and basically rounds up interesting people to appear on there. He was involved with the show from the start. Nolan Dalla, she accused him of, when they were at an after party in Pittsburgh, she accused him of telling her that he always had, he did have a thing for her, and then forcing his head into her rather large chest and motorboating it. That's why I played the song Motorin to start the show. That, which is putting his face in, in between her breasts and, and, and moving it around. And going, blah, 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 blah. That's what motorboating is. And that he told two other people, one being host Chris Hansen, the other one being uh, Chris Capra, who is a uh, represent 888.com, which is the show's main sponsor. He told them both to watch, did it in front of them, and Chris Capra was egging it on. Said, yeah, yeah, keep doing it, keep doing it, something like that. And that uh, he did this uh, just kind of out of nowhere, saying that he's always wanted to do this to her, and did it. So these are the accusations, even though this did occur back uh, in late 2014. She's just coming out with it now. 
Nolan denies it all. Nolan, in fact, said that she... First, he said he never did anything anything like that. The motorboating or anything else like that. He said that she... First of all, demanded that they remove footage of her playing hands where she didn't play well. And she became a pain in the ass. He said they de-invited her to the second episode that they were going to have her on in Florida. Saying that, you know, He showed an email that he sent her saying not to come to Florida because they're not going to have her on there. Well, she lives in Florida, but not to go to the Florida episode. And that she showed up uninvited. Somehow weasels, weasels her way onto the show anyway without his knowledge. And... Uh, then they didn't have her on again. After that, they bumped her off pretty quickly for an alternate. And then because they never had her on again, it didn't give her much airtime, that she was very bitter about it. And then a year after this alleged incident in Pittsburgh occurred, she started demanding things as compensation for what happened, uh, demanded uh, uh, money. You know, they're going back and forth with the negotiation. She was demanding to make future appearances on Poker Night in America and be paid for them. And, and later it came out that she demanded $100,000. So these were all the accusations about her. Now let me tell you what's been confirmed, and then we'll get on to analyzing this, because there have been some things confirmed by both sides. Uh, it was confirmed by both sides that she was in discussions with the parent company of Poker Night in America, called Rush Street Gaming, for some kind of settlement over her accusations. Uh, so both sides agree with that. Both sides agree that she was offered something. Uh, the exact amount is, is a little in question, but it was around 15000 And it was said that she demanded 100000 as a counteroffer. She did not confirm that, but there has been a letter produced, a letter that she sent to them that looks pretty authentic that shows she did. So I would go ahead and say that's confirmed as well, even though she didn't confirm that. She also didn't deny it. She just kind of danced around that question. So those those things are confirmed. Uh, it, it was also confirmed that she did want to appear on the show multiple times, that she was unhappy with the amount of airtime she received. Both sides say that. Uh, so that, that's about all that's confirmed on both ends. Everything else is left up for interpretation. Did, did she... Really get motorboated. Nolan says he didn't. She said he did. Did host Chris Hansen make anti-Semitic comments about how the Jews are not on the show? Did he do that? Well, we don't know. She also said Sean Deeb, who isn't directly involved in Poker Night in America, but appeared on it. She said when she saw him in the hotel, just like on the way to her room, he made a comment to her that Women are bad poker players and will always be inferior to men in poker, which I also found kind of odd because, uh, like, why would he just tell that to some stranger he's passing by? Even if he, like, knew her from the table. Like, why? oh, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm going to my room. Oh, by the way, uh, just wanted to let you know, women are, are crappy poker players. They'll never be good. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no way the conversation went down like that. It's just, it, it, there's no way it went down like that. That's, that's what she's saying. I, I don't believe it. But, but anyway... Uh, that, that's also in question, but it doesn't really matter that much because he doesn't work for Poker Night in America. So the question is here, is this a victim? Is Jacqueline Moscow a victim of anti-Semitism, of sexual assault, of a cover-up by the good old boys network of poker? 
after she tried to uh, fight back? Is she a victim or is she an opportunistic user who wanted to use the show to promote her own image, to get famous in poker, to get sponsorships by becoming a known name in poker through these broadcasts? And is this just a bitter fabrication or exaggeration because she didn't get that and because they refused to give her the settlement she wanted? Is this just something being done out of bitterness that is either not true or exaggerated? Or there's a third possibility. Is it possible that it's true on both sides? Is it possible these people did these things, but that the only motivation she has for coming out like this is because she didn't get paid for it and she didn't become famous? Is it possible she did try to exploit something that really happened? That she was never that offended, but that these things really did occur? And then once they would not give her the large settlement she wanted and the airtime she wanted, that uh, this is their consequence. Is that possible? Because it's not necessarily that one side's right, one side's wrong. It could be that both sides are right about each other. In fact, I remember about 15 years ago, I knew these two girls, not in poker, I knew these two girls who hated each other. And, and they said horrible things about one another. Horrible stuff. And if you asked one about what the other said, they said, oh, well, she hates me. Of course she's going to say that. Well, guess what? After knowing them for some time, I realized something. They were both right about each other. All the terrible things they said about each other were true. They were both bad people. So I'm not saying they're both bad people here, but I'm saying it's possible. There's not always one right, one wrong. So that's the situation. Yeah, good synopsis, Todd. Um, I think the only thing you left out is the cameraman thing. Um, yeah, I haven't heard that mentioned in a while. What, what was the, and it, it's weird. It seems to have lost traction. I it think, did, it did lose traction. There's, there's no name attached to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he can't. there's no one to specifically accuse. But she did also allege that uh, in the bar before she got motorboated, <coughs> excuse me, that a cameraman groped her as well. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's true. That means so, I've got forgotten. All right. Uh-huh. So, by the way, if you want to read her lengthy blog about this, uh, if you just, just enter her name in Google, Jacqueline, that's J-A-C-L-Y-N-N space Moscow, M-O-S-K-O-W. It's like the city, but a K instead of a C. Jacqueline Moscow. And you will see, just scroll down a little bit, you'll see there's a racism and sexual harassment, the reality of my dot, dot, dot. If you click on that, that'll take you to her blog posted two days ago about the whole story. It's long, but that'll, you've probably read it by now. Uh, you can also go to uh, either the Poker Fraud Alert, Scam Scandals and Shadiness thread, or the 2 plus 2 thread about it and read Nolan Dalla's response to this. Nolan Dalla, by the way, has lawyered up since then. He got a lawyer who has appeared on the show before, a female lawyer who has appeared on Poker Night in America, has taken on the case, I think, for free. I think that's probably, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but that's what I'm guessing. Right, and she's also representing Hanson as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Hanson is being represented there. So, so I'm not sure if we'll hear much from Nolan Dahl anymore. Often, when legal counsel takes over in a matter like this, the first thing they say is, "Stop blogging, stop making public statements, just just shut up." Because if this goes to court, anything you say will be used against you. So, so just shut up. The best you can do is say nothing. That's usually what the lawyers say. So that's boring for the rest of us. Like, like we mm-hmm. we don't like when the lawyers get involved because then we don't get the good gossip. Okay, but uh, but that's what's happening, and that may eventually happen with her as well. That a lawyer will uh, 
get involved, and uh, and then that will also happen. So then then we're just going to be shut out. Then it'll. I don't know if this is going to ever go to the courts. It may not. And the, so like I think Nolan got a free lawyer. That's why he has one. But I don't. I don't think she's going to go hire a lawyer. I'm not sure if she can even afford one unless there's one who will do it on uh, contingency, which is possible. I guess they can. Uh, uh, there might be enough here for. A lawsuit to where a contingency lawyer will take it. The, basically, with contingency lawyers, those of you don't, don't, don't know, it, it's lawyers who will take on your case and not charge you a penny, and will then take a, a hefty piece of your settlement if they win, usually like a third or, or 40 percent. And th- of course, they only take cases they think they can win; otherwise, they've wasted their time. So, uh, but I think this this could be a strong enough case to take to court, to where she could get a contingency lawyer. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not an expert in that sort of law, so I, I can't tell you whether it would be a viable case in the court of law. I'm not saying it would win, but I, could, I wouldn't be shocked if it were a viable case to where a lawyer would take it on a contingency, especially since uh, it's possible they could get a fairly large judgment. Uh, now, if she, they may be seeking a judgment, uh, something to the tune of... One million dollars. But probably not. Yeah, they probably would never get anything like that, but you never know. There could be a contingency lawyer who... Doesn't have much going on. If people ha- people think of lawyers and they imagine some really rich guy working on the thirty fifth floor of a building downtown, taking high profile cases and living the high life. And that's it, not what it's like for most lawyers. A lot of lawyers don't have very much money. A lot of them have a hard time finding work. There's actually a lot more lawyers out there than there is legal work. So a lot of lawyers have a hard time finding work, and a lot of them have a hard time finding a firm to hire them. They, they work freelance. They get sporadic jobs here and there. So it's actually not even that hard to find a, a lawyer, not always a good one, but a lawyer who will work pretty cheap, uh, to, at least to do small things. It, once, once it gets into going to court and litigating, then it gets expensive no matter what. But, uh, of course, the best situation, if you have a friend or just somebody who wants to help who will work for free, which is known as pro bono. So I think that's what uh, Nolan got. Nolan has a lot of friends in poker. He's been around for about three decades. In case you're wondering about the ages of the people involved, I, I looked up the main two players. Nolan Dalla is 54 years old, and Jacqueline Moscow is 31. And I'll say this for Jacqueline. I didn't think she was 31. I thought she was in her 20s. So uh, good job to Jacqueline of uh, staying youthful. Because I, if someone had told me to guess her age, I would have said like 26. I was, I was surprised to see 31. But that's what she is. Nolan, I would have guessed around 54. So, getting to the uh, everything that's been going on. She was threatening to reveal text messages and other evidence if the people she accused did not admit to what she said was the truth. So she said, either back my version of events or I'm going to release everything. That's basically what she said at the end of her blog. Well, Nolan, he denied everything. So, of course, everyone said, okay, well, Nolan's denying it. Release it. Go ahead. So she did some of that on today's Chicago Joey podcast, of which I'm going to play clips. Also, something that's interesting that I I wonder if it's uh, indicative, perhaps, of uh, her story being more true than some people give it credit. We've heard from Nolan denying it, but we have not heard from Chris Hansen denying that he made these comments about Jews. We haven't heard from Chris Capra 
denying the accusations about him. We haven't heard from Todd Anderson that he told her, uh, what are you doing here? You're only here because Nolan has a thing for you, I bet. We, we, like None of these people made that statement, which is weird because if, if anyone ever came out and accused me of something I absolutely did not do, my immediate reaction would be to say, I did not do that, this is not true. And you could say, well, maybe the lawyers are telling him not to. Look, it, to just simply deny it and say, this is not true, I didn't do it, this is false, this never happened, that can never hurt you, unless it did happen. Right, in which case, it still wouldn't hurt you. Yeah, so so it is a little bit weird that these guys have not responded. They're not required to respond. Maybe they don't want to get in the mud. Maybe they don't want to make a short statement and then have people go, huh, that's it? Oh, you won't give details. That means you're guilty. Like, maybe they're afraid of that. But uh, it is a bit weird that none of them... I'd like You think Chris Hansen, who's on camera there on Poker Night in America, that he would want to clear the air that he doesn't hate Jews. You would think he'd say, no, 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 I never said that. Of course not. And And he could cite many things that would call her story about the Jews thing into question, which I'll get to shortly. So, so let's, let's tackle some of these accusations. Um, I'll start with the simpler ones first before we get to the most complicated one, which is the Nolan Dollar part. There is the thing about Chris Hansen and the Jews. Let's just jump in with that. that you know, they were just talking very shortly after meeting one another. And that... He told her the great thing about Poker Night in America that's different from all of the shows is we don't have Jews. Now, some, some people some people actually theorize that maybe what he meant was we don't have juice. We don't charge a rake. And she just misheard that. But she said on the Chicago Joey podca- podcast today that she confronted him about it. And the next day said, hey, did you really, you know, when you said that, that offended me because I'm Jewish. And that he didn't say, oh, no, 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 no. I meant juice. You know, he did. She said that he confirmed that he said that. So she didn't really say what his explanation was, but she did say that he said he remembered saying that and uh, listened to her whole speech about how she's angry about that. So obviously it wasn't a misunderstanding her. He would have explained himself to her if her story is true, of course. So I don't believe it. It's possible. Anything's possible. But I don't believe that part because it doesn't make any sense. He barely knew her. He had no reason to believe she would have been receptive to such discussion. And forget whether she's Jewish or not. Uh, There's a lot of people who are not Jewish that would be offended to hear someone say something like that. You'd have to know your audience pretty well. You'd have to know this is someone who dislikes Jews or who never gets offended by that sort of thing to make that statement to them. And he had just met her. And he had no reason to believe that she would, uh, you know, Jewish or not, want to hear something like that from him. You know, like, oh, hi, I'm, I'm Chris Hansen. Oh, hi, I'm Jacqueline Mosca. You know what makes this place different? You know what makes this show different? No Jews. Just want to let you know that. Like, no one would do that. Well, that's, I mean, she said in her, in her description of the events, she said something like, hey, this is a great place. I really like being here. Or something like that. He said, "Yeah, well, you know why it's great is there's no Jews." Yeah, see, I, so I just, wasn't uh, okay, it wasn't quite okay. It wasn't it wasn't quite that, but it, yeah, it's 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 still weird. Like, you, you, it is. who would say that to a stranger? And it's just even if you feel that way, even if he really is a big anti-Semite, why would you ever say that to a stranger? And why would you ever think the stranger would not go report this to other people? Like, <laughs> and that's what happened. If if that really is what occurred, so I don't believe it. Uh, so the question is, why would you throw that in? Well, I think 
I think that uh, she was looking for a lot of things to complain about. So this way, it sounds like so much was going on there. Everyone there is so horrible that that increases her case that she deserves something, whether it's more appearances on the show, whether it's a, a cash settlement. I, I think this is like uh, taking – maybe she took something that was true that occurred there, maybe the, the dollar thing, and then piled on things on top of it that she made up in order to strengthen her case. And I've actually advised people uh, from doing the opposite when they complain. Like say, someone says, I'm going to write a letter to a company that, that screwed me. I'm going to write to corporate and complain about these – six things that happened when I visited this store today. And these are six true things. But then I look and like four of the six things are very fri- frivolous and petty. Like, uh, like oh, I was walking out and uh, I-, I also noticed the floor was dirty and I-, and I slipped on it, almost fell. And boy, I could have really gotten hurt. So that pissed me off. To, like, I'm like, no, no, take that out of the letter. Like you have major complaints. Don't talk about the floor being dirty. It's just going to make you look like you're fi- nitpicking things to complain. So I actually tell them less is more when you're making a complaint. You want us to, if you have a major complaint about something, don't throw minor things in that have nothing to do with it. But a lot of people make that mistake. They will not only throw in minor things, but they will fabricate minor things, thinking that just complaining about one thing will not get them taken seriously, so they've got to make everything sound awful. And it's, it's a mistake because what happens is it destroys your credibility because it seems like too many bad things happened at once for it to be likely. It's, it's like the, the old saying, lightning doesn't strike twice. There were a lot of weird things that happened, almost like out of the blue to her within 24 hours that had nothing to do with one another. Like, like the, just like the thing with Deeb, like with Sean Deeb. You see Sean Deeb by the elevator, and he has to let you know that he thinks women are not good poker players when you're just passing by him? Like, like why would he do that? Like, by itself, it's weird, but maybe. But all these things where people just blurt out weird things, it, it, was like, uh, it was like for one day, everybody associated with Poker Night in America came down with Tourette's. <laughs> So I think for whatever reason, uh, it's also possible she's not completely right in the head. It's also possible that she imagined some of the things that happened. And I've known people like that who have uh, borderline personality disorder or whatever, and they imagine things that occurred that didn't really happen. So it may, maybe she thinks this really did happen about the Chris Hansen and Jews. You know, Who knows? It's, uh, some people are like that. So I don't believe that. I don't believe the deep story. Okay. Uh, the only thing is, but then, to your point, why did he not come out and refute this? Who? Not only that, Chris oh, Hansen. Oh, Chris Hansen, yeah. But he he's active on social media. He's tweeting other things. He's retweeting the fact that he now has legal representation. Yeah. Which, well, see, I don't know. And I, I agree that's weird. Uh, and, but, but and also, if, if you're making some, it, it, here's the thing. It, it's so crazy, it has to be totally made up or totally true in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Because... If you were making something up, again, unless unless you're crazy and there's no evidence, and I saw that Chicago Joey interview, she does not seem like a crazy person to me. Seems like a reasonable person. So if you're going to make something up, wouldn't you make something up more believable than, hey, it's it's Daredevil. Hey, Todd, you know, I don't like Jews. huh? Like, well, I'll, so... I'll, I'll tell you, some people are very poor at fictionalizing what they claim are real events. This is how I catch things all the time of hoaxes on the internet. Have you seen before on Facebook where somebody uh, posts like a text conversation? Not their text, but they go, oh, this is so funny, and it's like a text conversation, or or, wow, look at this asshole, and then you read it and you go, 
this is so fake. This didn't really happen. Like a, a, a guy being a dick to his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or a, a psycho ex-girlfriend or just a funny exchange. And you read it and you go, oh, my God, someone typed this all up. This is all fake. Like this, there's no way this is real. And, and so I, I sometimes fight with people about this. Like I'll say, oh, this is fake. No, it's not. It's real. This is hilarious. I go, no. How do you know it's fake? You don't know that. I go, yes, I do. This isn't how people really talk. This isn't how things really happen. And I, I'm explaining like all the hallmarks of this being fiction. And the thing is, most people, most people who are who invent these things, they're not professional writers. They they don't think what is natural conversation, what isn't natural conversation. They they invent something in their head and and write it out, and they think it sounds fine, and they don't realize how unnatural and unrealistic a lot of these conversations really sound. Uh, and and that's how I pick out a lot of these phony incidents. I just I just find with with the things she's claiming occurred. Uh, just seem it just seems like for 24 hours everybody she encountered was a complete asshole to her for no reason or and or said really strange off the wall things upon meeting her and it's just uh, one person doing that yeah they could have a bad day they could be in a strange frame of mind but everybody in separate situations it was really weird and that's what initially when I when I uh, read this entire story that's what made me discount the entire thing. And then, then later on, I, I, you know, as I was going through it on radio, I said, you know what? Actually, I, I do think it's possible that, uh, like, the Nolan thing actually happened, but it's not the way she's presenting it. And and but she's but she's mad she didn't get on. So like when I read when I read her blog, the first thing that jumped out at me, like I read it on air for the first time, and the thing that jumped out at me immediately was, wow, she really, really, really wanted to get on Poker Night in America very badly. Like over and over, like it was. Yeah, that's that's evident. It was very important to her to get on. She even kind of admits that she wanted to get on for, you know, for her poker career, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Now that's fine. It is true that if you are a female under thirty-five, reasonably good-looking, not to be beautiful, you, you just have to be like reasonably good-looking, which, which she is. You know, some people said she's ugly. I don't think so. Like I, I, uh, it, it, could she be a model? No. Is she beautiful? No. But is, is she pretty enough to get attention in poker? Yes. So, so that's that's reasonable, and you know, if I were a girl under thirty-five who was decent looking, I I would have uh, tried for the same thing for as much exposure as possible, hoping that uh, I would get lucrative sponsorships. It makes sense, and that's there's nothing wrong with with seeking to do that. So I'm not criticizing her doing that. Uh, so she, but it was. She was particularly obsessed with this show. She really, really, really wanted to get on there to where it was beyond what most people. I've seen would feel about appearing on there. Where if you you have the opportunity, you say great and do it. But but if it doesn't work out, you don't. It doesn't really eat at you and bother you, and you don't obsess about about the amount of screen time, and you don't obsess about how, how you look on every hand. I mean, you of course you're not happy if you get outplayed on some hand by Phil Hellmuth and you look like a donkey. Like nobody likes having that on TV. But but at the same time, it seemed to her, it seemed like to me that she was obsessed with number one how she came off on the show, and number two appearing on the show as much as possible. She really thought this show was going to be her ticket to poker fame. And that was the impression I got when I read her blog. And so th- the way this jumped out at me was that, hmm, well, since this didn't happen for her, since she's noticeably upset in this blog that she did not get the exposure she was hoping for, and in fact she kind of felt like they made implied promises by bringing her down and then not having her on as much as they, as she thought that they were implying to her. They, they didn't have a contract deal beyond this many hours, but she's saying, like they said, oh, come down here to Pittsburgh. She pays the money to fly out there, and they don't have her on that long. Uh, she's mad and feels like she was misled. So, or, or she got substituted out in Florida, and she, she again felt like she's just being pushed out because they don't like her. 
And you could tell she was very, very upset about the amount of screen time she got and, and really felt like she had a huge opportunity here to blow herself up th- via this show. And it didn't happen, thanks to them keeping her off and them you know, not giving her the airtime she felt that she was entitled to. So I got this very strongly from there. And this, to me, gave me motivation. When I say not motivation for me, but motivation for her, this explained to me her motivation for this whole thing, that she is mad and bitter at them. Now, this does not mean that her claims are phony, because you can be mad and bitter about something and come out with the truth about something that's embarrassing to someone, and your truth can be right. There's many times someone will come out with a tell-all about someone, about some kind of misbehavior they did, because they are mad about something. And even though their reason for the tell-all is not altruistic, it's not, uh, it's not to do the right thing, it's not because their conscience is bothering them, it's because they want to get revenge. But, but still, that doesn't mean what they're saying is untrue. So they're two separate things. I realize that. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think if she's mad, if she's bitter, then she can't be telling the truth. That's wrong. Correct. She, if she's mad and bitter, she can be telling the truth. But at the same time, if she's mad and bitter, it also is more likely that there are elements of untruth than there is if she isn't mad and bitter. Because if she's not mad and bitter, then you say, well, what reasons would she have to do this? She's just, you know, she's coming out and saying this, but why would she do that? Well, we know why she's doing it. We, we know why she's doing this. She is doing this because, number one, she's mad she didn't get on the show as much as she, she felt that she was promised, as, as it was at least implied. Uh, she felt they kept her off. She felt there's some sort of like, conspiracy because they didn't like her to keep her off screen. Uh, and, and number two, that... Uh, she was mad about whatever incidents went down, wanted some kind of settlement. They refused. They couldn't come to it. And she finally said, F you, I'm going out with this. So it's definitely being done out of revenge. She's not doing this to help women. She's, I'm going to play you some clips where she's saying she's doing this to, to help women, to empower women, to encourage women to do what she is. No, no. She's not a hero. She's not trying to do this to uh, do the right thing. She didn't turn down the money to do the right thing. No. Uh, this is a scorched earth policy. She's trying to burn everything down. Because she did not get what she wanted out of them, either uh, appearance-wise on the show or settlement-wise after she was angry. That's why this is happening. But that does not necessarily make her claims untrue. But, I, but it's very important before we begin here, at least from my point of view, to understand that this is motivated by revenge and go from there. And that's, you have to keep that in mind the whole time, or otherwise you're not looking at this accurately. And if you, if you don't believe me, look at her blog, and you'll see you, the anger comes off the page at you. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I don't, I don't think that's as relevant as you think it is. But, yeah, I, I agree that is the motivation. Because I also think if you, if you look at those email exchanges, this all never would have come out if certain terms were reached. Yeah. So to say that it's, she's doing this for all women, and that's clearly false. Yeah, and so here's here's her on on Chicago, uh, Chicago Joey's podcast today. This is this is her uh, describing about uh, you know, why she's doing this, and uh, we'll discuss what she has to say right here. Then I'm going to play a second clip very shortly after that about uh, the 100K amount that she is alleged to have demanded. It's very sad. Every single time I receive one of these, I my heart goes out to these girls for having gone through it. I'm in the spot. I know what it's like. Uh- 
but what she was referring to there, she claimed other girls were messaging her that they've been in this spot with other people. Now, she, she clarifies that they, no one messaged her about Nolan saying that he did this to them. She said that you know they messaged her about other guys in poker that have done similar things, and they, they don't have the strength to come out. So she's saying it's heartbreaking to get these messages. But now, now she's going to explain her motivation now for actually coming out. Uh, and, yeah. Do I wish more people felt comfortable coming forward when these sorts of situations occurred? Of course I do. That's part of the reason I did this, too, to show people that, like, you can speak up, you can tell the truth, and you can handle whatever comes at you as a result of it. Because getting the truth out there ultimately ended up being more important to me than anything else. And... That's why I said, you know, opted not to take the cash settlement. Which- no, see, that's I, I. When you hear things like that, that's why I opted not to take the cash settlement. She asked for a hundred thousand dollars and didn't get it. And we we have that. We have actually. This was posted by Matt Glantz today. A, a very authentic looking document that she sent to them. This is from her, stating that she wants a hundred thousand dollars. In fact, I'm going to read it on the air. And and so. To hear this, unfortunately, you hear things like this, and it takes away from her credibility. And I'm not saying that means that everything's a lie. I'm saying that if you see her as a victim, someone that you feel sorry for, someone that you think is, is a hero, uh, and, and that you can believe everything she says, listen to how sincere she sounded when she said that. that I wish more we, women would come forward, and this is part of the reason I came forward, because I, I want women to feel like this is okay, and just you know, whatever comes my way, I'll deal with it, but I need this type of thing to come out. No. This is what she wrote January 4, 2016, only uh, five months ago. Uh, she, she, I, Marco, this is to uh, Marco Leal, who uh, works for the parent company, Rush Street Gaming. I apologize for the delay in responding to your settlement offer. I don't consider this much of an offer. This doesn't even a- approach nuisance value. As for your first option, I no longer have any interest in future appearances on the show. I guess maybe he... Uh, they did try to negotiate that she could be on the show instead of a cash settlement. I, I haven't seen the other side of this letter, but this is a response. It speaks enough for itself. Uh, one appearance to take place eight months from now would never be a suitable resolution of this matter. But as it turns out, no amount of appearances would be worth my future association with Poker Night in America and the people who are involved in this dispute. Which is funny. That was uh, She was happy to, to reappear after the Pittsburgh thing until uh, suddenly in this year she doesn't want to anymore. I do not wish to put myself in physical proximity with those individuals again, and I do not wish for my likeness to be associated with the show again. Moving on to your second option, the cash payout. This is the only way we will resolve this matter, but 7500 does not appro- approach any appro- appropriate settlement number. Now, I heard, she was saying fifteen k now, 7500 in this, but maybe they moved up to fifteen at some point. Even if it's true that your legal department believes this, this is a case they can successfully defend, they will spend multiples upon multiples of that number – mounting a proper defense against my suit, and they will risk me being successful in my case and winning an unknown and uncapped number from that jury. So so basically it's saying you're going to spend a ton of money on your lawyers, and I may win, and you have no idea what that number could be. I could win millions from you, and it'll bankrupt you. So think about that before you reject my settlement offer. Think about that, that, uh, that I can get way, way, way more than this. Not only is it going to cost your lawyers a fortune, or cost you a fortune for the, to hire these lawyers, but by the time it's all over, I could get 
a sick amount of money from you, and you're going to wish that you had settled with me. That, that's basically what she's saying there, which is right. But, uh, but what's wrong with that? It's well, a negotiation. It's a negotiation, but it's it's showing that uh, what this is really all about. Uh, they also risk the press involved with a case on the public record. All of that being said, my demand for settlement and signed release of all claims is one hundred thousand dollars. And the removal from your website of all Poker Night in America episodes and footage that contain my image and likeness. You can easily verify that I never signed a release for my use of image on air or otherwise. Sincerely, Dr. Jack in Moscow. Which is interesting, by the way. This was sent from her, not from a lawyer. Some people said, oh, I, I, her lawyers just wrote this. I, I don't believe that. She, uh, this was from her, and if she had an attorney, she would have the attorney write it because the attorney will scare the other side a lot more than an individual. So if you have an attorney, they will – in fact, it's the reverse sometimes. Sometimes an attorney will sign a letter that a person wrote, uh, but but never will uh, someone write a letter – an attorney write a letter for you and they won't sign it unless they're – unless it's just like a, a friend doing a favor. But it's usually – this was something she wrote, and she signed it herself, and she put a lot of thought into it, as you can tell. This, uh, uh, this, this is a, a very large demand. And some people are saying, well, maybe she just – Put out that large figure, and then it was going to come down from it. If they offered her fifty, she would have taken. It. Well, maybe, but uh, the point is here. Do you think if they responded with, "Oh boy, you're, okay, fine, we are agreeing to your demand. We'll take your images off uh, our website and our our videos, and uh, we'll cut you a hundred thousand dollar check." Uh, however, you must agree that you do not discuss this anywhere in public or in private. That this is uh, kept between us and signed papers uh, promising that non disclosure agreement. Do you think she would have said yes? Oh, of course. Yeah, there's no question. You don't ask for something with the intention of saying no to what you're asking for. Yeah, so that's why it bothers me what she said on this podcast because there's nothing wrong if she really felt that she was dealt $100,000 worth of harm and this is what uh, is need to be done to make her whole. Then she should own it. She should come on the podcast and say, look, I was sexually harassed. I, I couldn't believe the humiliation with, with Nolan Dallas sticking his, his big face into my breast. It was, uh, it was humiliating. I I've still have nightmares about it. It's, uh, it's been very traumatizing to me. I'm, afra- I'm afraid also now because uh, uh, I've burned this bridge and complained about it that, that it's going to harm me my future poker career, blah, blah, blah. For this, I've determined $100,000 is, 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 is what would compensate me for, for this whole thing, for, for all the damage I'm going to suffer for the rest of my life because of this. And you can disagree, but at least she will own it and say this is what I've determined is the number. Or, or she could even say that uh, I, I know they'll never give you your first offer, so I offered a little higher than I knew they'd give, and then I figured they'd meet me in the middle. Like, say something like that, or or or, or, or don't say. You can at least say that uh, this is what I determined was a fair settlement. You may not agree, but this is what I determined was a fair settlement. Don't go out there and say I'm doing this for all women. I, I I'm trying to empower women to make them feel good to come out like I am, and I, I'll take whatever consequences come my way. That's why I rejected the cash settlement. No, you rejected the cash settlement because it was too little. And, and you were insulted. You, you thought that uh, you deserved more. And, and you felt that uh, wanting to harm the people you were pissed at was worth more than 15000 to you. And, and I, I can understand that. If somebody really, really pissed me off and did something bad to me, and then we're discussing you know, what, what settlement could be done, and they offer me money, which is decent money, but, but to me personally is not worth having to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, I'd reject it too and do this. But uh, you know, that's what she's doing. That's what she's doing here. But the, the thing is, if I did it, though, I wouldn't pretend like I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, I wouldn't pretend like I never asked, like, asked for more money or that I rejected money because I have to bring the story out. The only way that you can brag about how you rejected money 
and you're bringing the story out is if you would have rejected any offer. There are some people who would say, I don't care how much you offer me. Like, I'll give you an example. I know I, I can't prove, but, uh, you know, let's say when the, the, let's say I was the only one who knew about the, the absolute poker cheating. I wasn't, but let's say I was. Okay, and let's say they came to me and said, okay, you're right, you caught us. Uh, we're going to give you a few million dollars and, and shut up if, if you promise not to say anything about this. We'll admit it to you, but you have to promise if you don't say it to anybody else, we'll give you a few million bucks. I'd say no. I would have said no. A lot of people would have said yes. I would have said no because I would have not felt good about it. I would not have been able to look at myself in the mirror after doing something like that. But uh, that's something where you can brag, I don't care what they offered me. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to expose them. But you can't demand a large sum of money, get turned down for it, get pissed you got turned down for it, and then say, I turned down a cash settlement because I want to do the right thing. No. You turned it down because it wasn't high enough. So that's, that takes away some of her credibility. That takes away, in my opinion, some of the victim status that she's going for because you, you, you wonder what you can believe if you're going to hear statements like that. Now, here's, here's how what she said about the 100000 because Chicago Joey asked about the 100000 and obviously she knew she asked for 100000 She's the one who wrote the damn letter. Even if you want to say a lawyer wrote it for her, which is very unlikely – she at least would have known. You, you don't forget that you were asking for 100000 That's something you never forget. You could ask her 30 years from now, she remember that number. So here is her answer about that. Which again, I make point in my blog, I don't want anybody to get the misconception that, you know, I'm just so pumped up that I can pass up 15 to 20K, which were numbers thrown out to me. Um, so that's not the about, case. I want to talk about that, that specifically you know? real quick, because yeah. in the blog, and I believe this was confirmed by Nolan and maybe confirmed right. from other people, that you were offered this cash settlement of fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars, and right. what wasn't included in the blog was then was that you countered with a hundred thousand dollar potential cash. I saw cash I saw that Matt Glantz. Let me let me pull it up. Matt Glantz said that I. I'm looking for it. I have so many notes on well, this. So I mean, it's a question. He so, said he said that I communicated that with lawyers and that I told the lawyers I demanded a hundred k. Matt. Try to find a documentation where I demand 100k out of a lawyer. So you're saying, that, you're saying that didn't take place? I had conversations regarding amounts with people from HR, mm-hmm. not with attorneys, and there were different amounts that were thrown out and discussed. And ultimately, I decided I wasn't taking any money. So I don't so know what else they, to tell you about. They gave you the offer, fifteen twenty thousand. You guys discussed that. You discussed other numbers, but then you decided that you weren't going to take the money. Correct. And I and I never wrote them back and said, I'm not taking your money. I just let their expiration date pass. Well, yeah, because um, eventually you realize that the, you, you realize what their ceiling was. And uh, you kind of sat there going, oh, should I take it? Should I take it? Should I take it? And then it, it just kind of passed. And I mean, I've had that before, too, not with legal settlements, but I've had that before where uh, there's some kind of offer made to me or some kind of uh, even to buy something. You know, I'll sell it to you for this price, uh, nothing higher. And I think, I think, I think, and then I'm like, ah, oh, should I, should I, should I? And then I kind of go, ah, I'll worry about it later. And then the, the day kind of just passes because I I, I realize that I'm, I'm not going to want it and I don't even feel like expending the energy to say, forget it, I'm not taking it. I just let it go past and let someone else take it. So something like that happened here. And notice she didn't just own the 100000 She didn't say, yes, this is what I, the settlement I wanted. They would not give me anything close. So for that reason, uh, I rejected the whole thing and came forward. Rather than taking an inferior amount that I didn't think was was, uh, worthy of what I went through, I decided to just take nothing and come out and tell you guys about it. That at least would have been refreshingly honest. This is like 
She's not even acknowledging she knew 100,000. She's like, oh, Matt Glantz, if you can come up with the document. Well, he did. Right after this aired, Matt Glantz is like, okay, here's the document. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, what she specifically said, and you could tell she was picking her words carefully, was she said she never asked a lawyer right. for 100K. So, it, so she was factually accurate in that Matt Glantz cannot produce evidence that she asked a lawyer for 100K. Yeah, she asked them at the okay. company. So, yeah, she asked someone at HR. Now, again, yeah, I, 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 I don't buy her statement that she just decided no amount of money was worth it and that she was going to come forward. But again, I think even though I, I agree with your points here, Todd, I, I think this is a minor thing that people are making into a major thing. I don't see how this aspect of it affects her overall credibility to the gr- degree that you and a lot of people do. Well, okay, what I think is this, this, this affects her credibility as a victim, someone we should feel sorry for, someone we should feel was, was, was harmed by Nolan Dalla and the rest, uh, rather than someone who saw a situation that occurred that uh, probably shouldn't have, but didn't really feel that bothered by it, and then felt, oh, I've got an in to take advantage of this one. Um, I, I mean, I've people have had this before. Like, I, I once—I mean, this is a little bit different, but uh, but I once uh, had a flight planned you know you, you know you buy an airline ticket you can't get refunds so i i had two airline tickets i bought to go uh to the caribbean for like six months away with my then girlfriend this is back in the 90s and guess what happened in that period we broke up well this really sucked because i had not only did i not want to go to the caribbean anymore but it's not like i could just take the ticket and transfer it to a new girl it's a, it's her ticket i'm definitely not going with her so, and even if I just let her ticket go to waste, and what, I could go by myself? Have to buy a new ticket for, for someone else if, if I have a girlfriend by that point to go with? So I was like, I just, I wish so much I could get out of this, but these are expensive tickets. So I thought, well, this sucks. Just the cost of having a relationship, I'll just have to eat it. I will just have to eat it. And then I got a phone call from heaven. Ring. Hello, this is United Airlines. Your flight time has been changed from 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. Please make a note of it. I go, ah, perfect. And I called up and I acted so angry. So angry about how this 45-minute difference is going to ruin my plans. That I'm going to get there too late now. That that's the reason I chose an 11 o'clock flight. They can't change this on me. So they said, well, what do you want us to do? That's what's changed. I said, well, I, I want these canceled. I have to go uh, book another flight with another airline. They're like, okay, sir. We will cancel your tickets, give you a full refund. And I was I hung up so happy and, and thanking the Lord that whatever happened to change the flight to 45 minutes later on the schedule happened for me. So I got my money back for a flight I did not want to take. So, yeah. so if I understand your analogy then, you're saying that you believe that th- this situation occurred and it wasn't a big deal to her. Right, and that she, she immediately saw something to get Saw what she wanted okay and that's and that's and that's where i'm going with this and let me talk about let me take a break for a second to talk about nolan dell i've done a lot of bashing of jacqueline so now now it's time to give it to the other side because i'm not happy with the other side either okay well, so, okay before you do i'll just say like you're pulling that out of nowhere though what oh this, that, that this theory she didn't mind because basically what you're asserting is all this stuff happened 
but she didn't mind. Well, and I'll and I'll back I'll, I'll back it up in a little bit. I'll back that up in a little bit. I just want to I want to skip over here to, to Nolan for the moment because right. I, I I want to show people that I'm not being a Nolan apologist here. I'm not a Nolan lackey. I'm not Nolan's friend. And I have some frustration with him at the moment with with uh, some things that were said to me that I don't think were true. And I don't like when people want to talk to me about a situation. Like, I didn't go to him. He went to me and said, I want to talk to you. He called you or what was Well, he, well, he messaged me and said, uh, can I email him? I emailed him and he gave me his phone number and I called him. So, okay. so the contact was made with me. So first, the history with Nolan. In 2008, I appeared on 60 Minutes to talk about the absolute poker cheating scandal, the super user scandal where the owners looked at our whole cards and cheated us. At the end of the episode, they played a little clip of me saying that this could be going on at other rooms, but not as blatant with a lot more subtlety. And that this could be basically happening anywhere. I don't remember my exact words, but I said something like that. that the, I didn't name any rooms. I didn't say, oh, poker stars could be unsafe. Full tilt could be unsafe. No, I didn't say that. I said this could be happening anywhere at even bigger rooms, but with much more subtlety to where there's no way to detect it. Something like that. I don't remember my exact words, but along those lines. So the executives at Poker Stars and Full Tilt, along with uh, poker pros who made their living on these sites, were, were all furious at me. Everyone, they were very angry. Why? Because I was scaring potential fish who were watching this. 18 million people watched this, this episode. 18 million people watched and saw me say that the site they're playing on could be just as unsafe as UB and AP. And they were furious. How could you say that? You have no evidence. You have no proof. Uh, you know, these sites have never done anything wrong. You know, th- this is a totally different situation. You're scaring the fish away. You're ruining their business. People got so angry at me that I'm making un- unjustified accusations. And I said, first of all, I didn't name any companies. And second, I just said there's no way to tell. We can't know for sure because there's no one regulating them. They are their own regulators. No one knows the truth. We only know what they tell us. Well, it turned out I was right. One of the two, Full Tilt, had stolen all our money three years later. Three years later, all our money was gone, which we only found out because they got busted. So in 2012, I wrote... So Sorry, in 2008, right after I was on 60 Minutes, Nolan Dollar wrote a scathing blog about how I should have known better. It was irresponsible that executives of the two sites are rightfully angry at me. And I read that. I didn't respond. But I thought about this years later after Black Friday. And I, I posted a follow-up in 2012 on my site saying, "Huh, look at this old blog from Nolan Dollar from 2008 where he said this stuff about me. Look who ended up being right. Now, I'm not saying that I knew Full Tilt was stealing from us. I didn't. In fact, maybe they weren't even stealing in 08. Maybe it started a bit later. I don't know exactly when it started. But uh, may or may not have been going on then. But the point is they did it. Three years later, all the money was gone. So I said, look, my point was correct. My point was, we don't know what's going on. The ones that appear to be honest sites may not be because we have no proof they are. Because no one's regulating them, no one's watching them. So you read this now and and, uh, Nolan was way off base to say something like that. I was being accused of these horrible things and in reality I I was stating a fact that was obvious to anyone who wasn't biased. That if no one's regulating them, you don't know what they're doing. Now, Nolan never apologized to me at the time. He didn't uh, contact me. He didn't say sorry for that writing that blog. Now, it wasn't a huge deal. You know, he didn't insult my mother. He didn't, uh, he didn't get into personal put-downs. 
He just wrote a very critical blog harshly criticizing me for what I said on my 60 Minutes appearance. So that's my history with him. I, I have not seen him. I mean, I've seen him around the World Series, but haven't had any interaction with him between then and now. Or shall I say until yesterday. I guess it's now two days ago, Thursday. He tweeted at me because he saw I was getting involved in analyzing this situation. If I could, and he saw that I was, you know, sort of pro him, like that I wasn't one of these social justice warriors who was just backing Jacqueline because she's female. And there were some of those too, like Vanessa Selfs was one of them. There, there are some people that think if a woman accuses a man of any kind of sexual impropriety, you just have to believe her. Not not give her a chance to speak, not not seriously consider what she's saying. Just believe her no matter what. If you dare think that anything she's saying could be suspect, then you're a horrible person according to these social justice words, which is crap. Because no matter what gender the person is that's making an accusation, no matter what gender they are, no matter what race they are, no matter what uh, sexual preference they are, no matter anything about them that would describe them in, in those ways, you need to evaluate people's statements upon the merit of what they're saying, not not who they are, not uh, not whether they're female or, or or gay or straight or or white or black. That doesn't matter. That should not matter in your evaluation of people's statements. And Correct. if if you are evaluating them based on that, then you are the sexist. You are the racist. You are the one who is biased, not me. So I I evaluate only based upon the statements people make. And so so anyway. Uh, getting back to so Nolan had noticed that I was making statements that were mostly but not completely pro him though I did have a few questions about him and said there's some things that kind of weren't landing right with me of stuff he was writing so he wanted to clear those things up and he contacted me and then gave me his phone number I called him here's what he told me number one there's this one video and I'll play it again just so you guys can hear. I won't play the whole thing, but I'll I'll play a piece of it so you guys can hear it because it's uh I still think the it's a pretty ridiculous video, but I'll he gave me a backstory to it which I kind of half believe at this point. Here. What I mean. Poker Night America did a thing on Twitch. This was back a, a few weeks ago. This is released in in March, just days after she was saying that she was going to go public, even though she didn't go public for another two months. This is like a, she was threatening in March she's going to go public. And then just days later, this was released. Even, not about her, but he's talking about uh, uh, misogyny and people treating women poorly in poker. And we had a few women sitting at the table. Now, this is on Twitch, and it's watched live by 15,000, 20,000 people at a time. So you see in the chat box, you see basically people typing in what their comments are when they're watching the women play. I made the mistake of checking out the chat box, and I was watching. Now, we had, I'm not going to say who the women are, because I don't want to call them out. They're attractive women. They're classy women. They're women who, who are great examples for the game. They're people we need to emulate, and we need more of them. Right. And we had them sitting in our game, and I watched, and I watched the comments as people were at home watching. I can't repeat the things that were typed, that were written. A lot of things were sexist. They were, they were horrifically horrifically degrading they, they were they were sexual in nature and i thought what kind of a person would type that what kind of a sick individual i understand there's some crazy people out there but this i i lost count at maybe a thousand that's how many t- th- th- these posts that were out there go to go to any forum in poker 
go go anywhere and, and, and you don't tell me if we don't have a problem with what's called misogyny. Women, when they sit down at the poker table, they deserve respect like everyone else. Res- so this, this seems over the top. This is ridiculous. This seems very over the top. And so, uh, so she thought, this is what Jacqueline theorized. She posted this video and she theorized that he came out with this, that he got together with his buddy Matt Savage and made this video where he's ranting about mis- misogynists and poker and chat room trolls and not showing women respect. And these women deserve respect. They deserve to be treated like humans. Like, like huh. it, it does seem over the top. And she theorized that he came out with this on March 10th, just days after she said she's going to go public and that this was like a damage control thing, knowing what's going to come out. So people will point to it and go, but no, look, look, he, he, uh, he really cares about women. So that, and it, that was a plausible suspicion on her part that this is what he did. So the first thing he told me, and I have not verified this, the first thing he told me, maybe there's a way to verify it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if we can figure out which episode he's talking about, then maybe, maybe we can uh, put a date to this. But he said this video was released on March 10th, but it was recorded in August 2015, which he pointed out. He told me this privately on the phone, which was three months before she contacted the representative of 888 Poker, the sponsor of uh, Poker Night in America, you know, for, for some kind of compensation. That was the first person she contacted, this Chris Capra, uh, in November of 2015. So he's saying, I recorded this three months before she was raising big issues here. So obviously I could not have recorded this in response to what she was claiming she was going to do with going public. So now let's say he's telling the truth that he really recorded this in August, 2015. Now that still doesn't completely mean that the release of this video wasn't damage control because it's possible he recorded this, watched it afterwards and go, Oh my God, Matt, this looks ridiculous. I I don't want to release this. Just completely, just uh, not release this. Matt's like, okay, okay. And then maybe after she said she's about to come out with it, he's like, oh, you know what would make me look good at this point? That video. So he went back to to Matt and said, put that up now. Put that up now before she releases her statement. So it's possible that's what happened. It's possible he's telling the truth. This was recorded in August. It's possible he recorded this not to counter what she was saying, but uh, but that it happened to come in handy. Or it's possible he's just making this up about recording it in August, and they really did record it then. I don't know. He told me it was recorded in August. I believed him at first. Now I'll tell you, you know, you'll hear the rest of the stuff I'm going to say. I'm not sure if I believe him about that anymore. Well, it's possible. I have a couple of things to say about that, though. I mean, first of all, his actual statements are just so over the top and silly. And, and also the false naivete of like, can you believe people say things about hot women on the Internet? Like, oh, so I lost count at a thousand. Like, he's sitting there etching on a stone. Like, he was actually counting. The other thing, and I don't know if this is relevant or not, Todd, but do you remember I texted you when I was in Vegas in February? Um, I was playing poker at Caesars, and I I texted you and I said, uh, Sarah Herring and Matt Savage are filming something in the Caesars poker room. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was the bumper for the introduction to this video. Because this video appeared on a show that appears on Poker Central, and they introduced it, and they were filming the bumper. Like, I sat down with Nolan Dow da, 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 in February 2016. Well, it's possible, so, it's possible that they recorded this thing back in August, and then they, 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 then they, they made the bumper it's, it's, in, in February. Yeah, it, it's possible. That does seem like a long time, though. It does, but so so I'm not sure about that. But the, so that's the first. I thing, don't know if that's relevant. Yeah, that's the first thing he said to me. The, the, then so he told me about the uh, the motorboating, which he called motorboarding. <laughs> but he, he he told me that he didn't do that. I absolutely did not do that. 
That's just uh, not something I would do. I, they, he just you know, denied just like he did on 2 plus 2. So I said to him, so, you know, we we're talking on the phone. It was a friendly conversation. But I did have to bring up one thing that still wasn't sitting right with me. And I, I also said this on the forum before we talked on the phone. I said, Nolan, the thing I'm seeing that you're not that you're stopping short of is a definitive statement that you did not have any kind of physical contact with her. You didn't sexually touch her in any way. You didn't put your hands on her in any way. You didn't put your face on her in any way. Nothing. That the that there was no kind of contact like that. Not only didn't you motorboat her, you didn't do anything like motorboating. You didn't touch her sexually. You didn't grab her. You didn't uh, put your face on her. Nothing. That uh, you two made no contact other than like a handshake or, or a hug or something like that. You know, be very, very specific. This is the entirety of our physical contact. And so he told me in response on the phone, well, I, I didn't I didn't do this motorboating. I didn't do anything sexual with her, but I... Uh, I, did, did I make contact with her? I, I don't know. I, I was so drunk. It was 18 months ago. I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, pe- people don't remember, remember these things after 18 months. I said, you know, that's, I told him, I said, that's kind of strange because if someone was accusing me, if a girl was accusing me of sexually harassing her 10 years ago, forget 18 months ago, 10 years ago, let's say a girl says back, back in 06, Todd, you, you grabbed my ass at a party. Well, no, I didn't. <laughs> like I, I would know I did not do that. And I would not only say I didn't grab her ass, I would say, I remember the party, and I would remember if I put my hands on her sexually in any way. I don't ever do these things to anyone, and I definitely didn't do it. Even if those 10 years ago, I remember that I never did this or anything like it, that I made no physical contact with her. Uh-huh. Zero physical contact, I remember for sure. But you'll remember, you'll remember if you did that. You would remember. Well, also, this is not some incidental contact. It's like, oh, did you brush up against it? Like, <laughs> if you put – if you – like slammed your head into someone's chest. Well, but that's remember that. Well, yeah. So that's what he told me. He said that he didn't do anything like that. But you know, might he have brushed up against her or bumped up against her because of a crowded space? Yeah, maybe he did that. Uh, but he can't. Rem- he doesn't recall doing that either. But maybe that happened. Well, it, it just seemed like kind of a weird thing to say. Like I wasn't. Of course, I wasn't asking him. You know, did you accidentally bump her when you were walking by? It was, right. She's not even accusing him of that. No. I, he, he could have emphatically said to me, "I definitely never touched her in any way." Uh, you know, there was no kind of sexual contact. There's nothing like that. Um, I, there, there, it was, it was a very like it was 18 months ago. I don't recall sort of thing. So that when I heard that, I go, hmm, that's not as just like his writing didn't directly deny that. On the phone, he's not directly denying. And I, and I gave him that little lecture about the 10 years ago thing, like I just said to you. And he still he said, no, I understand your point. I know, I know, and. Uh, I, I'm just telling you, no, no, I, I, I didn't do it. But you know, I, I can't say for sure. We, we didn't have any kind, any kind of contact. To, you know, if, if there was you know, someone bumped me into her, they, I'm thinking, is he just being overly thorough here? Or is it, is it like, is he trying to find an out here just in case this comes out? Like, it was weird. It was like a, it wasn't as strong of a, a denial as I th- thought that I should be hearing, and that was a little bit weird to me. So then came the broadcast today where she appeared on Chicago Joey and she presented those text messages. Now she, the dumb thing is instead of just posting the text messages on her blog, she emailed them to Joey 
who then also didn't post them, and he just showed them like quickly on his show as he's reading them. So it was very difficult to get them. I was wondering, like, why is nobody capturing the text messages? Because it's a freaking pain in the ass, dude. I finally did, but it was like doing cut and paste back in grade school. I, I was that's what I was doing. I was like capturing the screen over and over and over again and pasting them together. And it's it, it looks like it's all different colors because of the different angles on the screen. It looks yeah. like a, it looks like almost like a ransom note was put together. So I guess in a way it kind of was a ransom note. But uh, anyway, I, the texts are up now on Poker Fraud Alert between her and Nolan and between her and uh, Chris Capra, who's the the eight 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 representative who has a lot of influence in the show, and the one you know the main one she interacted with to complain about what had happened. So I, I pieced together all the text messages. So the, the text messages, first of all, I want to say I'm good at analyzing the uh, likely reality of text messages, not just in this situation, but anytime someone posts a text conversation, I am very good at reading it and taking it apart whether it's real or fake. Very good at that. I, 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 I'm not great at everything. There's, there's many things in life I'm not good at. This is one thing I'm very good at is to look at a text exchange and tell you if it's authentic or not authentic. So... I can tell you from looking at the text exchanges she presented between her and Nolan and between her and Chris, and I am just about 100% sure they are authentic. So we are looking at what I believe are real text conversations between Jacqueline and these two people. So, so I was a little worried when I'd see them. I'd think, oh, maybe this is fake. No, I don't, I don't think even for a second these are fake. I think there's a very, 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 very high chance these are real text exchanges. So upon seeing these, I, I have to tell you that I have changed my opinion – that she's completely full of crap. I don't think she's completely full of crap anymore. So let me read you the... Uh, so first, let me tell you the most damning thing is actually not even about the uh, the motorboating. And uh, you know what? I, I knew I was forgetting something. You know you know, like when you leave uh, on vacation, you go, I know I'm forgetting something, I know I'm forgetting something. And you're hoping, yep. you're, you're hoping it wasn't the iron that you left on that's going to burn down the house. Uh, well, I'm forgetting something... And I just realized what it was. You, you can feel free to uh, to talk here. Uh, you know, maybe I'll play a clip of of, of her on uh, another clip of her while I'm getting there. I forgot the the power cord for this. That's, the computer's <laughs> about to die uh, that I'm broadcasting on. So if I if I continue much amateur longer, hour. it is amateur hour. So so okay, I'm I'm gonna play. No, I'll just I'll just let it keep playing from where I stopped it, and then I'll. Uh, you guys can hear a little bit more of her talking, and then I'll come back in a second with my power cord, and then we'll continue. I let their expiration date pass, and I said, I better get a blog up soon. And, you know, in part, just to force me to get it up soon, um, I was on another podcast, and I mentioned that something had occurred. And soon after, Nolan Dalla puts up a video, which, you know, we might want to pull up at some point, where he adamantly, you know rallies that women that have been harassed should come out and call out their perpetrators. And, you know, a female poker player that knew about this sent this to me, and I was just, like, appalled. I actually laughed because I, I couldn't handle the hypocrisy of it. And and that day I saw that was the day that I posted to Twitter, like, I'm going to be whistleblowing because I was I was like, this is enough. Like, the fact that now – You've not only insulted, you know, my character enough that you're telling me that I'm making these events up a year later for whatever motivation you've decided that I have for making this up, but now you're going to go out and be so hypocritical as to urge women to come out and call their perpetrators out when you know perfectly well, Nolan Dalla, what you did to me. 
And Chris Capper, you know perfectly well, too, because you were there. And Anderson, you also know, because it was discussed with you in the days after the events. And I have evidence to all of these things. So, you know, yeah, that's part, again, I'm getting heated up. This, I, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty serious thing, and obviously it's something that I feel like you should be, like, I mean, it makes sense to be heated about this. I would be heated about this if something happened like this to me, and I'm sure many people out there would probably be even more out of, heated about it if they're talking about it and discussing it. So I mean, I'm trying to remain calm. I told myself before I went on this, you know, try not to curse and be composed. But Okay, anyway. So I'm back. I've got the power cord. We're not going to run out of power. And so uh, going on about the Nolan Dalla thing, I'm going to read you the part that's the most damning from his story. Actually, before that, I'll read you his his what he said, the relevant part of what he said happened in his 2 plus 2 post. And then you'll see why some of these text messages that I have pieced together on Poker Fraudler, if you go to page seven, pages 6 and 7 of the thread we have about this in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum, you will see uh, these texts that I've pieced together. It's the only place I think right now on the web that has this. So let me get to the part about Florida. Um, now I'm trying to get to the part where he said about this. I'm not going to read his whole statement. Okay, so here we are. So he he wrote her an email about after the Pittsburgh thing. He wrote this on November 18th, 2014. I, I really believe, by the way, that this was a real email that he sent to her. This is, this is uh, again, I think a, a legitimate correspondence. He wrote, November, 18, November 18th, 2014, shortly after she was in Pittsburgh. Hi, Jacqueline. It was nice seeing you in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry things didn't go as well as we, as we hoped. It's very unusual for players not to bust out, but we had so people, few people go broke that it meant less time for the alternate players, including yourself. Still, I'm glad you got some face time on the table. I'm sorry to inform you that we are way overbooked for Florida. It's simply not going to be possible to have you on the show. The response has been beyond what we can absorb since we can only invite about a dozen or so players for each event. So given that there are many personalities in Florida already with reservations to play, we have to make some tough decisions. I hope you'll understand this is not personal at all, nor any reflection on your talent as a poker pro. It's simply a television decision which is necessary based upon a nice problem for us to have, which is more and more people wanting to play and be on the show. Thank you again for coming to Pittsburgh. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other down the road. Regards, Nolan. So then he wrote, this is, you know, he's back to writing to the public here who are reading his messages now. Uh, I thought this is a polite but also clear explanation to that Miss Moscow was was not going to be invited to the Florida stop. Yet somehow when the event took place a few weeks later, Ms. Moscow showed up and to my surprise was seated at the table. Again, this all took place about 18 months ago. I do not recall exactly how she ended up in the cash game. I might not have been there in the first hour when players were seated. I can't remember every detail about every show we film. Uh, so Ms. Moscow was eager to be with us there again, despite the alleged harassment. Uh, she played again, and unfortunately the things did not go well for her. Uh... Anyway, the relevant part is here. He mentioned that he emailed her that she's not going to be invited, and then she just showed up anyway and was seated. And the only thing he says he doesn't remember is how did she get seated. He doesn't remember if uh, you know he just wasn't there when it happened, or or if he was there and didn't notice it until it's too. He just doesn't remember because it was so long ago. But just that's that she showed up somehow and got there. Well, here's a, a text exchange that. She provided to Chicago Joey, which I pieced together. 
that I'm pretty sure is, is legitimate that completely blows that out of the water. Uh, on November 30th, she texted him out of the blue. She, they hadn't talked in 12 days. November 30th, 2014. Hi there and welcome to Florida. Can you let me know where I have to be tomorrow and when? I'll probably stop by the taping tonight to say hi, but just in case I don't make it over to the Hard Rock today, th- thanks. He says, sure, thanks. Sorry, but this is a new phone. Who is this? <laughs> I don't know why say, he's saying sure if he, if he doesn't know who it is. It could, you know, it could, it could be a serial killer. So she says, uh, Jacqueline Moscow. He says, oh, okay. Uh, might have a spot in the game an hour from now if interested. So she said, LOL, you know that I'm always interested. That I believe. Might not be able to get over there until like five. We'll come by either way to say hi. And, and if there's a seat, I'll play. He says, okay, stay in touch, please, and we'll see how it goes. She said, sure. Then she texted him uh, a little bit later. We'll be there in 30 minutes. Seat or not, we'll be good to see you at all. To see you all. Then she wrote, uh, um, so okay, so, so that's what happened. That, that was the end of the, that day. Then the next day, she was texting about a paintball game that they were going to be having that she was invited to. She said, hey, I can come over to paintball, but we'll be arriving at like 1020. Is that too late? Let me know if it's worth heading over. He said, yes, for sure. She said, okay, cool. I'll head out. Lots of snowbirds in town. Not as quick of a drive as usual. usual. See you soon. He said, we will have six games, six males. It's perfect. Or six females, six males. It's perfect. Uh, See you there. She said ETA seven minutes. So this shows two things. Number one, uh, they th- she joined them for like a paintball thing the next day. So they were like hanging out socially. Not one-on-one, but they were hanging out socially the next day. And No, 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 no. What? This was not social. This was a segment for the show. Oh, was it? Okay. Okay. Yes. I guess I was. So, th- no, this was not a social interaction. Okay. I thought it was just like them getting together for paintball. I didn't know no. that. No. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Putting that aside. As you can see from the exchange on the 30th from the day before, uh, he told her there might be a spot in the game for you from an hour if interested. And he even says, stay in touch, please, and we'll see how it goes. So, uh, yeah, she did start the text exchange with him, but he didn't say, oh, sorry, don't you remember I told you there's no seat for you? Instead, he said, oh, no, we might have one. So, so uh, this whole statement he made about her that she just showed up uninvited and somehow got a seat, not true. Right. Also, why would she be in the segment if she's not supposed to be on the show? Right, right. The next day's segment. That's why that's pertinent as well, because you wouldn't say, oh, and here's a random player that's like you haven't seen in a year on this program. Well, it is possible. Since it was the next day, the paintball, it's possible if someone didn't show up, they replaced it with her. So I guess. uh, So that could be like, but but definitely he can't, since she was part of the paintball thing, since she was part of the, like, like, definitely this didn't look like someone who wasn't supposed to be there. And, and, uh, uh, now I believe he really sent that letter on November 18th, and this is 12 days later. But it's it's possible that uh, either they they talked after that, and 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 he agreed that uh, okay you can come on, or that she just took a chance by messaging him and seeing if if there was a space for her, and and then it turned out some people didn't show, and he's like okay fine. Like uh, uh, I, I think I've told you guys this story before. I know some of you know it for sure, but for the new listeners. I had a, a, something a little bit like this. In in 2009, I offered to do the commentary, the color commentary at the 10K Limit Hold'em final table for ESPN3 if I was not at it myself. 
So I didn't make it myself. I didn't cash that year. And I said, yeah, okay, I'm not, I'll be able to make it. And the guy who usually does the announcing, who made these decisions, Nick Gieber, he was thrilled to have me. We, we got along fine. He was, he was happy to have me. Uh, my then girlfriend, Miri, was friends with, uh, kind of friends, kind of like hung out with the same group she hung out with, uh, with Joy Miller, an awful person who was, uh, in charge, had a lot of power with, uh, with ESPN at the time and with Bluff at the time. So Joy disliked me just because of a few years ago, I criticized her on the internet about something she did to Terrence Chan that wasn't very nice, which I won't rehash, but, uh. I wasn't even like the main voice against her. I was just one of the people joining in saying, yeah, she, you know, she screwed over Terrence. So she held a grudge. And when Miri said, oh, you know, it's, uh, I, I know you and my boyfriend, uh, I know you, did, you, did, you weren't very happy with him for the Terrence thing, but you know, it's so nice of you to, to get over that and, and you know, happily have him on your broadcast. And she says, well, <laughs> I never cared much about the Terrence thing. That doesn't matter. But, oh, no, no, he's not going to be on the broadcast. And she said, what? She said, no, I just don't like him. And uh, he is never going to be on ESPN as long as I'm working there. And Mary didn't know what to say. Mary's like kind of tried to talk her out of it, but Joy was very firm. She says, no, as long as I am there, he is absolutely never going to be on. I don't care what Nick said to him. I am the boss here. I'm telling you, he is not going to be on. So Mary came back and told me, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I can't believe this. So I even tried to like message Joy and sent her a very nice message and, you know, like, like, uh, try to patch things up, try to get back. And I, I didn't need to be on there. I just thought maybe it's good to uh, not have these issues anymore. And, and uh, you know, and I did look forward to be on there, but it wasn't, I wasn't getting paid for it or anything. I just I thought maybe uh, if she's holding a grudge for this, it's just I want to let her know it's no big deal. It's just to uh, get past whatever happened. And she didn't respond to me, didn't say no or yes. She just uh, stuck to it that I'm not going to be on. No one called me. They purposely avoided talking to me. And they booked someone else. Well, what happened was that the uh, whoever was going to do the color commentating got sick. So what they were going to do at first was have uh, the, they they were going to have the guy who was going to do the announcing do the color commentating, and uh, Nick Gieber was going to take over and do the announcing, even though he was planned to have the day off that day. The guy who was supposed to do the color comment, or the, the new guy doing the color commentating, the one they moved over to that position, said, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I know nothing about Limit Hold'em. I'll make him a fool of myself. They said, come on, you can do He said, no, 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 no. I'm so bad at that game. If I try to analyze the way these pros play, I'm going to look like a dummy. I'm not doing it. So they're like, well, crap, it's 45 minutes before the broadcast. What are we going to do? We have to have a color commentator. And, and Nick's like, wait a minute, what about Todd? And Joy's like, oh, no, he's not coming on. And Nick said, well, what are we going to do then? We're not going to have a color commentator. You, you can't say we're, we're not going to. She's like, fine, fine. You can call Todd. I refuse to speak to him. You call him and tell him to come down. So Nick called me. And with 45 minutes notice, I came down there and did it. Now, had I known that that was the backstory, I wouldn't have come. But I thought they just changed their mind. I thought maybe Joy got my message and thought that, uh, you know, rethought her animosity toward me and decided to let me on. I had no idea this was a, like a... a the grudging thing she did. I only found this out at the very end when the the guy who was doing the you know the announcing said, "Oh, you know, I, I was actually supposed to have your position. I'm glad you came you came by because they were going to make me do the color commentary, and I suck at limit holding. I'd never been able to do this, and you know, so so I'm so glad they were able to find you because I, I told them I'm just absolutely not going to, and we were about to have nobody. I'm like, hmm. 
So I figured it out. Anyway, the reason I tell you this story, and by the way, Joy was eventually let go because she did this type of crap to other people, including Dan Bilzerian, where she had personal grudges and carried it over to work. She got, eventually got fired. But uh, I, I think that this may have happened with Nolan, where they decided they didn't want her. They decided she wasn't good on TV. They didn't like her. Whatever, whatever it was, they didn't want her on in Florida. And then probably a few people no-showed. So they thought there may be a seat open, and rather than have seats open or have fewer options in case certain people they had there they didn't work out or they didn't really want them on anymore, or if people busted or whatever it was, uh, they wanted her there as an alternate. They didn't have as many alternates as they thought they had. So it's probably something like that. I, I don't, I'm just speculating, but I, I'm guessing that's probably what happened here. But the bottom line is Nolan, I mean, he had to know. He had to know that he brought her there. And I thought, wow, when I, when I saw these texts, I'm like, wow, why, why would he lie about this? Why would he lie about, I mean, maybe you can say he didn't remember, but that, that's a pretty big thing to forget that you told her yourself in text messages that their seat's open. And the reason that's something that you would think he wouldn't forget is that it's pretty shocking when you get there and you see that somebody, I'm talking at the, at the time, like you, he gets there on November 30th, 2014, and he sees Jacqueline's playing. He's like, what the hell? How's she here? I thought we told her not to come. Well, if, if he messaged her that day saying there's going to be a seat open, please keep in touch, he wouldn't be surprised to see her that day. So, so how does he have the memory of being surprised to see her if he's the one who told her to come down? It makes no sense. I have no idea why he would say that. Yeah. Also, this was not like an off-the-cuff interview where he had to come up with this off the top of his head because he, this was a prepared response to yeah. her allegations. So he's clearly thinking past all the history of this, and he comes up with this thing that like she wasn't even invited. Yeah, uh, so I, I don't know if, if, if he's just outright lying. I don't know if he's outright lying or just a, you know, moved, you know, moved his mind around this so much that he just completely invented a story that didn't really happen in his mind. You know, all he remembered is telling her on the 18th, don't come, and then on the 30th, she was there, and he just invented in the middle that she just showed up and he was surprised to see her. He clearly wasn't surprised to see her on the 30th. They were texting about it that same day. So there's no way he was shocked on that day. So that's weird. That was, that was a, a, a damning text exchange, which I have posted on, on Poker Fraud Alert. And also, now, the more important part of it, the, the motorboating... After hearing her explanations that she gave, which which was uh, it's a long thing, but it, just hearing her tell it, I think it was true. Now I the well partially true. I should put an asterisk here. This is the way she puts it. She says that remembering what Todd Anderson said to her that. Like, what are you doing here? This is back in Pittsburgh. What are you doing here? If you're on this show, it's only because Nolan must have a thing for you. So she claims that she saw Nolan at the bar, that after party at the bar in Pittsburgh, and decided to finally ask him about it. Go up to him and say, you know, this is a crazy thing that Todd Anderson said about you, but uh, he, he said you had a thing for me, and that's why I was on the show. Like, why would he say that? And that's, that's reasonable that's, that she would have asked that. But she claims that after she asked that, his response was, Oh, I do. And she's like, what? He said, yeah. And you know, there's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. And that she has like a, a low-cut shirt on with the, with, with the boobs out. And he says, hey, guys, check this out. And Chris Capra, the 88 guy, and Chris Hansen, the host, 
turn around. Nobody else, but apparently those two turn around when he says, hey, guys, watch this. She's sitting here wondering what he's going to do, and he digs his face in there and does the motorboat. And then Chris Capra's going, yeah, yeah, keep on it, keep on it, yeah, yeah, more, more, more. I'm sorry, that doesn't sound like any behavior that Nolan Dalla has ever exhibited towards women in the 30 years or so that he's been in the poker community. That's not proof he didn't do it, but it's a really weird story that she would come in, say, this guy said this about you, and then he just jumped to, yeah, it's true, and this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, that's, it just doesn't sound like it jumps there that fast. What's also missing from her story is her reaction. She didn't even explain why she had no reaction. She didn't say, I was so shocked, I just sat there and he did it, and I was kind of listening, like in the Twilight Zone, like going, oh my God, is this happening? Nothing. She just said it happened, didn't explain why she didn't push him away, why she didn't uh, say something, why she didn't at least try to back up. Uh, nothing. She just said it happened, and it happened long enough for Chris Capra to make his commentary. So it wasn't like he motorboated her for two seconds and moved his head before anyone could say anything or do anything. He sat there long enough to where Chris Capra was able to make commentary and cheer it on. So, and for some reason, she didn't resist it. And this wasn't like she was, uh, it's not like a woman who's in a guy's car parked uh, in the middle of nowhere and she's afraid if she resists that he's going to kill her or something or strangle her. Like, uh, this is in public in a bar, in a crowded bar. She can easily jump away and nothing's going to happen to her. Uh, So, and and if she doesn't explain at all why she did not stop this, she didn't explain at all. You know, why, how could it go on so long without her consent? She didn't explain it all. You know, like, it doesn't even make sense how quickly this developed. Everything with her, if you notice in the story, developed super quickly. Uh, she's talking to Chris Hansen. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, I, I really like Poker Night in America. Yeah, we're great because we don't have Jews on here. Like, that, that's it. That, uh, hey, Sean Deeb, uh, nice to see you. Yeah, women suck at poker. Like, it, it, people just blurt out the weirdest things to her and do the weirdest things instantly around her. Okay, yeah, I, I agree that that, that that does seem odd. <laughs> but, the, the, I mean, one of the statements that you started with there was, well, this seems out of character for Nolan Dalla. But how, well, what are you basing that Well, on? what I'm basing this on is that he's been around the poker world for 30 years. So he's not some guy who just showed up last year that you don't know much about him. And Correct. nothing that's been, there's never been these accusations about him, either publicly or privately. And I've heard about a number of players uh, some are, are well-known, like, like Gus Hansen, like Devilfish, R.I.P. They were known kind of like harassers of women, especially Devilfish. That they, they were just yes. very disrespectful toward women, grabbing them, making off-color comments. Just, even women with boyfriends, women with husbands, they, they, they were known to do this. So if you heard a story about one of them, you'd say, oh, yeah, that, they have a reputation for that. Uh, Nolan Dahl is not one of those guys. He never had a single story. I've never heard rumblings in the background that Nolan Dalla uh, does these type of things, says these type of things to women. I've just never heard about him behaving inappropriately around women. And even with with uh, Jacqueline coming forward with this very high-profile story, even she admits that nobody has come to her and stated, yeah, I had that happen with Nolan too. You'd think someone would come to her and say, you know, you can't use my name, but just letting you know, right, he, but- he did it to me too. But to me, that gives her more credibility because it'd be the easiest thing in the world to say, "Oh, and other people have told me that," but they, they don't want me to tell who they are. So if you were lying about it, wouldn't you say that? Yeah, they, yes. But so so I, I will now. I will go on to say that I don't think 
that she is lying about the motorboating taking place. I think it took place. I think I it happened. Agree. I think it happened. And that's and that's what might surprise some of you. Some of you might think I'm I'm trying to build up to saying that this is all made up. None of it happened. I think the motorboating happened, but I don't think it happened the way she described it. I think it occurred. I th- I think this is what happened. Remember, this is following the 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 bar incident was following when she was on Poker Night in America in Pittsburgh and did not get the amount of airtime she had hoped. She was complaining in her blog that they just did not give her that much time. So if you think back, even going back 100 years in Hollywood, what some starlets would do to get bigger roles or even get roles at all in TV, in film, even on stage, if they felt like uh, they weren't a lock for the role, they needed something extra to get them over the top, they would meet up with a director, a producer, somebody who's influential who could make this happen. And that's where the term casting couch was invented because the couch was, that was the term for where they would have sex in exchange for a better or bigger role in the film or stage production or television show. That there, This happened with many times in Hollywood. This became something that occurred so much that it became like accepted as normal practice there to where you're not shocked if you hear it occurred if you hear oh this woman got a role and oh she, you know she had sex with the director oh okay that doesn't shock me that's what that's what you'd say right uh-huh. so do, do these directors always say okay if you'll have sex with me I'll give it to you it's maybe sometimes they do but i think sometimes the women approach them and butter them up that way. And it's kind of implied that uh, the director knows not only will he get sex right now, but maybe you know at, during the production, maybe in the future, that uh, you know, th- th- this is somewhere he can go. So he gets a little incentive for his casting. And this has been something that, that's been done, as I said, for about a century now. So this was a lesser form of it, I think. I don't think she had sex. I don't think she was going to have sex with Nolan Dalla to get on there more. I don't think she would do that. But I think after she got a much lesser role on TV, on Poker Night in America, that she had hoped. Because she said she paid for her own flight to Pittsburgh. She she came there all excited. She thought this is her chance to blow up and become one of these uh, uh, famous female poker players. And it didn't happen. She's like, yeah, I was barely on there. I, I played a few hands badly. They're going to show that. It's if anything, people are going to think I'm a donkey. That's, that's, that's all they're going to see of me. Why, well, this sucks. This isn't what I thought. What a freaking disappointment. That's probably what was on her mind. She's like, ah, oh, there's only a way to, uh, it's only a way to improve the situation. If the only a way to get on more. I've got, I've got to get someone here on my side. In fact, it kind of seems like nobody likes me. I'm getting the vibe people don't like me. Well, you know, if, if if I was in that spot and I got the vibe people didn't like me, there wouldn't be much I could do. I could try to be nicer to them and kiss their ass, but that's about all I could do. I, I, I would be stuck. But she had something extra she could do, and that is she could use her sexuality. She could use her, her body and her big breasts. Uh, she could use this to flirt with somebody who is in a position of power who might be able to overrule a decision in the future to either not invite her back or to reduce her airtime. And that person is Nolan Dalla. So I think, and I have no evidence of this, this is just a theory, but I think 
she came down to that bar to flirt with Nolan. Not to go back to his room and have sex with him, but just to flirt with him, just to get on his good side, just so when the night was over, Nolan would think, wow, that's a cool chick, and she, you know, she's kind of hot too, and you know, I, I kind of like her. I want to stay. Yeah, I want her to be happy with me. You know, I'm, Next time, she's going to be on here, she's going to get a lot of time. I, I think she came down there to do a milder version of the casting couch. And she probably wore a low-cut shirt. Like, you can't, you can't motorboat. If you saw the shirt she was wearing today on that podcast, you couldn't see her boobs at all. You could, you know, for all you knew, she was flat-chested. Uh, she, she covered up on that one. I, I don't think she wore that when she went to the bar. You can only motorboat uh, if, if you can get in there. So I think she wore a low-cut shirt. I think she was flirting with Nolan. I think Nolan was drunk. I think he wasn't thinking straight. You know, he's married, by the way. I don't know how his wife would feel about this if she, he knew she motorboated someone. You know, some, some women would care, some wouldn't. Some would say, oh, it's only that who cares. Others would think, oh, that, that's inappropriate. In fact, a lot of them would. So, but, but putting, I, I don't care about his marriage. That's up to him. That's his own private business. But I think there was a lot of flirting. I think she, this was like a last-ditch attempt to save what she thought Poker Night in America was going to be for her in her career. And she wasn't, as I said, she wasn't going to have sex with him. She wasn't going to go too far. She wasn't going to go in the back alley and blow him or anything. I, I think she was just flirting and, and trying to make herself likable to him. So I think she did that enough. And he was drunk. And he's seeing these big breasts in his face and this girl being overly friendly and very flirtatious. And I think she cut all that out of the story and jumped directly to the next line. Maybe she asked him at this point, you know, Chris, you know, Todd said he that uh, that, that you had a thing for me. And that's why I was here. Is that true? Oh, and he's like seeing the breast. Like, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. You, want, you know what I've wanted to do for a while? Hey, guys, look at this. I can picture that. I can picture that after a long time of flirting and, and, and uh, her really being very friendly with him, sitting right next to him, making sure he sees what's in his face there. I don't think she was hoping he would do that. I think she was shocked by that, but I think that that's what she's leaving out. She didn't just walk up to him and say, you know, Todd Anderson said this. Oh, yeah, well, you, want me, you know what I've always wanted? No, 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 no. I don't think that's what happened. I think it makes much more sense... Because, and the reason it makes more sense is because if he just did this to every woman who came up to him when he was drunk, and by the way, Nolan likes to drink a lot. There's, there's, I mean, there's, uh, I've seen videos of Nolan drunk. I saw him singing like drunk, drunk karaoke with, uh, with Bill Chen. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny. Bill Chen took off his shirt. I think Nolan took off his shirt too, actually. Oh, boy. So, so, so I mean, he gets drunk a lot. You'd think of uh, 30 years of doing this, you'd think that there'd be a, a long chain of women and he, it's not like he hasn't been around attractive women that uh, that are in poker. I mean, there'd be a long chain of women that said, "When Nolan gets drunk, watch out. He's uh, he, and, you know, he puts his hands everywhere. He puts his face everywhere." No, we've never heard of this at all. So I think that she gave him the idea that this is okay. She didn't explicitly say. I don't think she said, "Oh, you want to you want to motorboat these." I don't think that happened. I think she was just being very, very friendly, very, very flirty, hoping that would get her somewhere as far as appearing in the future and getting the airtime she wanted. And then he took it to mean that, uh, yeah, she was kind of interested and that he could do this and she'd be okay with it. Like they were, everyone was just screwing around. And, and, you know, if you think about this, this was not during work. This was after work. This was at a party. This was 
a social one time. At a party. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, one time <laughs> at a party. But this is a social gathering. Everyone's hanging out. She, he, he doesn't even. He's not her boss either. She didn't work for him, so it's not no, even like. I don't see how the, any of this is relevant. But so no, it's very relevant. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. So I have been at parties before, where where everybody's getting drunk and every you know. And I, I've I've had women who uh, definitely came on to me, and uh, you know, and and definitely would not be. Unhappy if, if you know if I, if I did something I, I haven't motorboated a girl in public but but I, I've been in situations before where if I did that I guarantee you and these weren't anyone like in any kind of business relationship with me but I guarantee you if I did that they would have been totally fine with it in, in certain like parties type situations where they've been heavily flirting with me and trying to get a lot of attention and like like if I did something like that uh, they would have laughed everyone would have laughed it would, it, like it would have been like a, like fun times I, I've I think a lot of us have been in those situations. Where everyone seems on board for this type of behavior, and you just go along with it, and everyone's cool with it at the time. Now, how did she react when he did it? I don't know. It's it's possible that uh, she she went along with. It. I th- I think she wasn't quite expecting him to do this, but thought, oh well, you know, okay, whatever. If he wants to do this, if this is gonna get me on the show, fine. You know, like 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 she wasn't thrilled about it, but she's like. She was flirting with him. She's like, well, okay, I guess this kind of comes with flirting with a guy all night when he's drunk. Okay. All right, well, if it gets me a better role on the show, then no problem. So her boyfriend, who was there with her, only found out when Nolan saw him. And I believe he said this, by the way, the next line. He said, supposedly, oh, you know, uh, it's 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 pretty tough. It's pretty tough having a wife who's hot. He, for some reason, thought that was her husband. You know, I know, I know my wife's hot, too, so I, I know how it is. It's tough. So I believe he said that. I believe that's just like something someone would ramble on about when they're drunk. And also, I I believe that line especially because I don't think that they like research what his wife looked like. And I found a picture of his wife. It's actually on his blog, and she looks like you can't. It's not that clear of a picture, but she looks like an attractive woman. She's you know she's a, keep in mind he's fifty four, so she's not like you know in her twenties. But but you know for her age, she she looks pretty good. So I, I can see how he thinks his wife is hot, and uh, um, yeah, I could picture where like it's like this drunkenly comes to his mind like. Yeah, that guy has a hot wife. I have a hot wife. Uh, that's freaking hard sometimes. I have guys freaking stare at her. Like I staring at her, and 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 and, 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 and you know, people probably stare at my wife too. Hey, man, it's hard having a hard hot wife. Like, I can totally picture that. Totally picture that conversation. So then her boyfriend, of course, goes up to her and says, "What the hell was that conversation about? What did he mean by that?" So she's like, oh, well, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, motorboated my tits. And she, so he's probably like, what? And she's like, no, 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 don't worry. I was just, you know, I was just being friendly to try to maybe get a better role in the show. And he took it the wrong way. And, you know, please don't say anything. I want to I want to get a bigger uh, I want to have more time on the show next time. It's very important to my poker career. You know, he just misunderstood. Just just let's just leave. Let's just don't say anything. Let's just leave. It's all cool. You know, I, I, I may have brought this a little bit on myself. Let's just uh, let's just go. So that's that's why he that's why he okay. didn't. Okay, well, oh I, I, I let you go for a while, Todd. I gotta stop. Okay, here. okay, what? I mean, okay. First of all, I, it's good that you admit that you have no proof of any of this because, <laughs> like, you're just making it all up from nowhere. Okay, well, then this is fair. It's, it's just your opinion. But even if, okay, even if we get to the point where you know she's flirting with him, that that doesn't. You know, it's that next step. Like, people flirt 
all the time. Well, it right? depends how heavy the flirting, though. See, it, I, no, I no, no. It does not depend on how heavy the flirting is. To initiate physical contact like that to someone's uh, no, I'm talking about like if she was initiating physical contact too of some sort. I don't oh, mean like fair. if she's just talking to him. I mean like if if she's been you know having her arm around the whole time, sitting on his lap, or or or, or having his her hand on his knee for a while. Like, like if, if this keeps going on and she keeps making kinds of physical contact, he's really getting the idea. Wow, you know she wouldn't she wouldn't. And he's drunk too. But he's think you know he's thinking. Wow, this girl chick's really into me. If I just do this to her, she's not going to be offended because I can tell by the way she's been talking to me and touching me. There's no way that she's going to be offended. Like uh, that, that had to be going through his mind, and the reason it has to be is because otherwise he would do, be doing this to everyone, and we'd hear about it by now. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true, but even on the face of it, I I, I disagree with that because there's just a point where, like, yeah, you're flirting with someone, they're touching you, you're touching them. It could be on the shoulder, but unless they're Unless they're touching your genitals, basically, I don't see why you would touch their breasts. I, okay, I, I agree. I, 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 I agree that it's it's, uh, it's another step up, but it's not. It's it, it's no longer outrageous at that point. It's something I wouldn't personally do in, unless I was a hundred percent sure that they they'd be. Uh, and it would take a lot for me to be hundred percent sure that they'd want me to do that. But it's something. And, it's something that I, I wouldn't do. But it's something that at you also can't say the girl is the victim when she's been. If the flirting's heavy enough, and then the guy gets the wrong idea and does that. Uh, you can say the guy d- doesn't have the best game and that, that he's, he took it a bit too far, but you also can't say, oh, this girl's a victim of sexual assault. I wouldn't say that either. It's, it's really- I would say that. I would say she's a victim of sexual no, assault. No, if she's going as far as like, you're, touching you're, him. You're making this assumption based on nothing. Also, then if all this that you're assuming happened, why wouldn't he say that? I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because that's what I would say if it happened to me. Okay, two re- two reasons. Number and one, if I genuinely felt it was justified, I no- wouldn't. Number one, from everything I've heard from people that know him, he really does seem to love his wife and is really into her. And maybe she's the type that if she were to hear he did something like this and he admitted to it, that she'd be furious and maybe even want to leave him. So maybe this is like, if, if he were to now that's of course if that's the case he shouldn't do it. But I'm just saying that now that it's been done. And he's like, look, I, I've never cheated on her. This is the worst thing I've ever done is motorboat a girl who was flirting with me when I was really drunk. And you know, but but, but the truth is, my wife finds out I'm, I'm it's done. But I, I love her so much. I you know, like this is the worst I've ever done. I can't, I, I can't, I just can't let her find out. So I, I think that it's that that's one possibility. The other possibility, or it could be both of these, that he felt that if he says, oh yeah, I motorboated her, but but she was asking for it, she was flirting with me. Well, then they're going to get reactions like the one we just heard from you, that. Wait a minute. That's no justification. You can't see she was asking for it. That's, that's what rapists say. That's a that's what every sexual harasser says. Though the girl was asking for it. What a jerk. So it's much easier to just say, no, no, no. This never happened. I didn't do it. And and I think that's where that that's where we have the problem here is that I think he is afraid to say the truth. And I think she's afraid to say the truth. I think she's afraid to say. Yeah, I was flirting with him all night because I was hoping that it wasn't it wasn't heavy flirting. I was just trying to flirt. I was just trying to get on his good side and get get a better uh, amount of airtime next time. And uh, that probably wasn't very smart because I ended up with him motorboating my boobs, and I totally didn't expect that, and that it was all uncomfortable, and I, I just wish I'd never done it. And oops, and but then I still didn't say anything because I I really wanted it on the show. Like people would say. Oh, you had it come. Like she was afraid everyone would, would call her names, call her a whore, call her a, a user. You know, all her claims would be out the window if she said that. And then if he admits it, he looks like the typical uh, 
the, the stereotypical rapist who says she was asking for it. It was her fault. So on both sides, it's easier to pretend that each one had no fault in the situation. He says she made it all up. She says he just did it out of the blue. I have no idea why he would do something like this. Okay. Uh, well, even if I took your assertion of that it was acceptable based on how she was acting, which I don't, then why the next day is Capra apologizing for what happened and egging it on? Well, okay. So let's – so we're going to look up uh, these – Because t- if that were true, then everyone would agree with that, right? Okay. In so, that atmosphere. Okay. They so, would see them flirting with each other and he would say he wouldn't – you know, if if he was of that same mindset, then why would he say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I egged this on. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened." Okay, so so here, let me. So here's the the text messages I pieced together. Since we're up to this part of it, let me uh, about Chris Capra, who's the 888 rep, who she said, and I believe had a lot of power, even though he's not directly affiliated with the company uh, producing Poker Night in America. They're the main sponsor. He was the main rep from 888 that was dealing with the show. And they probably gave a lot of money to the show, so they probably have a lot of say. So he, she even said that he almost seemed like the boss there. He wasn't technically the boss, but you, you know how it is—a big sponsor. Right, you you yes. want to you want to kiss He's their the ass. He's the money. So yeah, yeah, you, you got to kiss his ass. So, so, um, she was dealing with him. Now she she prior to this uh, whole thing where she got pissed at the she, uh, for a little while she was she liked him the best. She said in the uh, in the podcast today that she thought he was the most professional. In fact, I think she even wrote that in the text that she, of all everybody there, she thought he was the most reliable and most likely to be logical about the situation. So, uh, so there's, you can also see a poker fraud alert on, on page six that I pieced together their texts from the podcast. And I'll get, get to the relevant part here that, uh, on, Mo- on Monday, November 17th, after they hadn't been, uh, yeah, they came on over. It was on November fifteenth where they uh, met up, and it was after midnight, by the way, when they when they got there. Because it was at twelve oh seven a.m. Tilted Kilt. Now it came from Chris. Tilted Kilt is the name of the place they met, and she said, "Awesome, Chris." And that's referring. There's three Chris's in the story. This Chris is her boyfriend. This Chris with a K. Uh, is her boyfriend. Is feeling better. We'll come out in a bit. So they were they were left there and got there well after midnight. That was on the fifteenth. Two and a half days later, on Monday, Monday, November 17th, 2014, at 5.38 p.m., she texted the following. This is just out of nowhere. This wasn't like in the middle of the conversation. Awesome meeting you. Just wanted to clarify something. I'm not benefiting anyway from 888 joining Red Chip. Uh, Doug Hall Hall name-dropped my name to Nolan Dalla to getting an invite to the taping. At At that point, I'd never met Doug, only exchanged a few emails. I met Doug the same way you met him. Red Chip implied they would be giving me something or paying me for wearing their patch, but that didn't happen. They didn't give me a dime. Now she was. She, she, this is in reference to the fact she's put in her blog that she wore a uh, a patch for Red Chip Poker, and that uh, Todd Anderson got pissed and ran out and yelled at her, saying, "Take that patch off! It's not, you're not allowed, to wear, not allowed to wear that here." Even though other sponsors had patches on, which we're assuming was because those sponsors, you know, probably paid to have their patches on there, and you're probably just not allowed to wear a patch for an unaffiliated company. So she's she's explaining the red chip situation here, which I don't fully understand, but it's not that important. She said, red chip implied they'd be giving me something or paying me for wearing their patch, but that didn't happen. They didn't give me a dime. That, pitch, that patch did nothing but get exposure for them and caused a hassle for me as it pissed off Anderson, which made me nervous while I was at the table. So she, she, she was basically trying to say, uh, I just wore this red chip thing. I don't know why she would wear it for no compensation, but 
That's what I don't understand. But she, yeah, she, she's odd. saying I didn't gain from wearing the red chip thing, uh, and then all that ended up happening was I got yelled at by Todd Anderson, the, the producer, that I shouldn't have been wearing it, and, and it made me stressed out at the table. So she shows it's kind of venting about this to to Chris, to Chris Capra from 888, and she was saying that. Uh, 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 so then she went on to say, then I hear from Deeb, this is Sean Deeb, and Mueller, Greg Mueller, that Anderson, as referring to Todd Anderson, didn't think I was even invited to play both days. I have emails from Dalla proving otherwise. Just a big mess. This is still referring to Pittsburgh. And since you are the most mature and professional of the bunch, you might want to take note that while I'm not going to cause a big stink about Dalla sticking his head in my boobs at the bar or Chris Hansen telling me that, that the thing that makes the show so great is, quote, there are no Jews involved – a lot of other people would be making a huge deal out of these things. Most female poker players wouldn't be okay with having to put up with being groped, and anti-Semitism is never taken lightly. Now, this does show that the, the, no, the, the no Jews thing, she at least thinks she heard this you know, very soon after she was there. She didn't just make this up now. This was, she, was, she texted exactly. about this in November 2014. Mm-hmm. But, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. It could mean that she's... Uh, because you'll see, when she's writing this here... Uh, that that she wouldn't uh, that a lot of other people would making a huge deal out of these things. Most other female poker players wouldn't be okay with having to put up with being groped and anti-Semitism never taken lightly. What that's trying to say here, without directly saying it, is I just did you a favor by not speaking up about these things. You do me a favor now. That's that's not what yes, she said. I but, agree. but that's agree. So she's getting that across here. What? Uh-huh. Uh, there's no reason to just say this out of the blue. Correct. So. Uh, so she's waiting for the response. And this is uh, this is to Chris Capra from Eight Eight Eight, and she probably thought that he had influence. She probably thought that uh, she probably thought he was the most mature and professional, and he would be the one most likely to realize that she has them over a barrel here, and that they better treat her well. They better give her more time, and they better treat her more respectfully, and not say, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. So, so the thing with the Jews, she still could have made this up, thinking, "I've got I've got to add some ammo to why I'm so pissed." So then. Chris says that this is the thing that's really gotten a lot of play recently since this came out. This is from Chris, and I, I believe this is a real message, by the way. I believe the whole thing's real. All these text exchanges I'm reading, I'd be shocked if these were faked. So she wrote, sorry, Chris wrote to her, Chris Capra. Hi, Jacqueline. I apologize for what happened at the Poker Night in America event. I know that I instigated a bit of the wildness that happened on Friday night, but the remarks from Chris, that's, uh, that's Chris uh, Hansen. Hansen, yeah. yeah about the Jews, and actions of Nolan are inexcusable. And then she wrote back, Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Nolan is a great, quote, contact in this industry and promising me the ability to play in both the female game in Florida and the other game in Florida, too. So I have to keep him, I have to keep things smooth with him. I'm not going to approach him about the drunk antics. Really looking forward to my Florida, to Florida and playing my A game this time. So that's really embedding the message in there pretty quick, uh, pretty clearly. Like, uh, like, I was invited there. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm not going to say anything about it. So looking forward to seeing you next time. Don't even think about disinviting me. Don't even think about cutting my airtime on this one. That, that's, that's what's getting across here. So then uh, Capra just responded, be yourself at the table and play to your strengths. You've got the first TV experience under your belt now. She said, exactly. Great advice. So, of course, the damning statement here was the one from Chris saying... I apologize for what happened at the Poker Night in America event, presumably referring to the bar. I know that I instigated a lot of the wildness, as referring to the, the cheering on, probably, that happened on Friday night. 
but the remarks from Chris and the actions of Nolan are inexcusable. Now, here, here's the thing. Uh, This is not necessarily saying that he knows... I mean, he was there with the Nolan thing, so he, whatever he saw happen there, he knew would happen. She said that the Chris Hansen comments about the Jews happened in private with no one else around. Right. So unless, unless Chris Hansen admitted, oh yeah, I said this about the Jews, uh, him apologizing for what Chris Hansen did doesn't necessarily mean that he's acknowledging it happened. It, it's maybe just one of these things where... He, you just want to keep the person happy for the moment. Maybe he knew, but the, the the Nolan thing was true, and just wanted to. You don't want to fight with him and say, "Yeah, I'm sorry about the Nolan thing, but you're 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 a stinking liar about the Chris thing. It didn't happen, so uh, you're you're crazy." Like <laughs> then she's going to get pissed. Oh yeah, I'm going to post this on the internet. Like you don't want to do that. You just say, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, things happened. They, they were inappropriate." Okay, like you just. I think that's what he was doing there. And but but he did say he gave details about the thing with. Uh, I instigated some of the wildness. Now you could say she reverse engineered this to to mean that, but but like that she threw into the story that he, that the wildness was actually him cheering it on. But his response, this was his direct response to her saying that uh, that she didn't like having Nolan's face in her boobs, and and that yep. and that uh, that's this really makes me think like if, if this didn't happen, if he was right there to see it. You would have thought he would have said, "What happened there? Like, I, what do you mean Nolan has his face in your boobs? Like, when did this occur?" Like, he didn't say that. He didn't. He didn't quite. In fact, he apologized for instigating quote the wildness that happened on Friday night. So, mm-hmm. this when I see this, I go, "Crap!" You know, why is Nolan? Uh, now this really makes me think that there was really this motorboating. I still think that that she that Nolan believed it was okay because the way she was acting towards him. That I have no proof of this, but this is this. I think. Given everything is known about Nolan, it just doesn't make sense. He would just hit her out of the blue like that with this. But, but I think that. Nor do I think Chris Capra would be totally on board for that. That you know, <laughs> she just shows up there and he does like it, it. It seems like something that everyone was okay with seeing happening because they they thought that the atmosphere at the moment was okay. Uh, and and then once she's pissed about it, of course, then he's got to backtrack and say, "I'm sorry, I instigated. I shouldn't have done that." You know, this is Chris referring to the cheering it on. So, I I think that this happened, and this now frustrates me because I would now be very surprised if this did not happen at all. That the, the motorboat is completely fabricated. I, I'd be very surprised at this point, which frustrates me because I spoke to Nolan Dalla on the phone on Thursday morning, and he's telling me this didn't happen. And Nolan doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe, owe me an explanation. I'm not the police. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an arbitrator. So he doesn't have to say anything to me. But he offered to talk to me out of the blue and, and gave me an explanation that I think now is not true. And that irritates me. But at the same time, I'm irritated watching Jacqueline on these videos pretending to be a hero to women and that, that she was doing this uh, for the good of womankind instead of that she's, she's looking out for herself because uh, she wasn't treated well. She was sexually harassed. This is a, this, it's hard to believe her, too. And the thing with the 100K that she doesn't remember, that's, that's full of crap, too. So here's her again talking about doing it for the women. The Florida tapings. Right. Which, again, I had mixed feelings about. I understand the, it's a fair question. Why would I want to go back after all this occurred? Um, this is referring to her. Why would she want to go back into Florida? And be on a second time if if Nolan 
motorboated her in Pittsburgh. What, and, and people said crap about Jews. Like, you know, why, why would you ever want to be around these people again? I really had mixed feelings. I wanted to promote women in poker. It was a female-only episode. I had already told many people I'd be doing this show. I had already freely promoted it on my own social media. I had friends that were going to be playing on it. I was looking forward to it. Uh, I didn't think it was fair that I was then going to, you know, remove myself from it because of the behavior of people, you know, unrelated to those ladies who, you know, were all a pleasure to play with, who many are still my friends and who, you know, like, you know, I made a point in my post to say that I, I don't want any of this to reflect negatively upon people that are associated with Poker Night in America and did nothing wrong. And the unfortunate reality, unfortunate reality is that it probably will. And that's sad because plenty of people either didn't know this occurred or were in a spot where there was nothing they could do or, uh, you know, weren't there but only heard about it from me or or. All right, she's rambling now, but but you heard her at the beginning where she talked about uh, she went down there because this is a big thing for women. This is a big time moment for women in poker. She's she's got to represent. She's got to. That statement is so ridiculous because she says I have to go down there to basically promote women in poker. Yeah, but this is a show that's an all yeah all women. women yeah, po- so <laughs> if another woman is there instead of you, women aren't represented in poker. <laughs> this makes this is ridiculous. Maybe, Self-aggrandizing you know, nonsense. Yeah, maybe somebody who goes and plays the uh, the World Series of Poker Seniors event is there to represent old people. <laughs> You know, if, you, if you're if you're over fifty, and not at that seniors event. Uh, maybe the person that would have is in your seat would have been under fifty. Oh wait, they can't be because it's a seniors event. <laughs> so yeah, that, it's ridiculous. So th- this is the problem: is that uh, it feels like nobody's being honest here. No, nobody is telling the whole story. I, I think that there's there's too much posturing going on. There's too much. I did everything right. Everyone else did everything wrong. Going on, and and. The problem is I think the story, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And I think that uh, both people involved in this are lying to some degree. And this is – so I can listen to Nolan say I didn't – I absolutely didn't motorboat her and I don't even know what it is. Wrong. I think you did. Uh, I didn't – I don't know how she played in Florida. She just showed up there. She was never invited. She was told not to come. Wrong. You told her to come. But then uh, Jacqueline says I, I don't remember ever asking for 100 k but that never I uh, uh, oh I didn't ask lawyers for it. Yeah, she, she that was a total trickery there. I, I asked somebody else who wasn't lawyers, but I'm just gonna say I didn't ask lawyers, so it sounds like I didn't ask for it. And then and then Chicago Joey says well, you didn't. You're, so you're saying you didn't? There's no truth to that. You didn't ask for 100k. Uh, 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 there, there were some numbers back and forth, and you know, I ultimately didn't take it. Like, just say yes. I asked for 100k at some point. Like, be honest. Yeah, I agree. Be honest. Be honest. I'm asking for this this settlement. I I went on the. I asked for the settlement because I I thought it, that's what I deserved. I wanted to be on the Florida one because I'm trying to promote my poker career. I'm trying to get sponsorships, and and that's the way to do it to get exposure on TV. So I just put up with the poor treatment I was being given and say that's that's what I have to do if I get on TV. Like like admit that. Don't don't talk about women in poker. It just makes you look like a liar. And same with Nolan Dalla denying the motorboat motorboating and. Uh, denying the, uh, the the this weird Florida story that wasn't true. It, it's just it, everybody's trying too hard to admit no fault, to cut out whatever doesn't make them look good, 
and then people find holes in it. You know what? There's holes on both sides. That's, and that's what I have found today is that there are holes on both sides. And that's why I'm, I'm feeling There in, are holes on both sides, but they're not equivalent. That's my issue. She's basically only lying about her motivation. Well, that, that's what we're sure about. But we're, what we're not sure about, but it seems likely to me, is that she, I think she also is lying about – Number one, some of the details of the things, that, these weird things that happened to just kind of embellish what was, how bad things were. And second, what I think is likely is that she is not telling the truth about the actual situation leading up to the motorboating. I think she, I think the, hey, Nolan, uh, Todd Anderson said this about me, uh, that you had a thing for me. Is that true? Oh, yeah, I do. Like, come on. That's, that's not the way it happened. There's no way it happened that way. There's no way it happened that way. I just don't believe it. So that, the, the, people are leaving things out. That they think or denying things that they think will make them look bad, and then it leaves each story incomplete, and everyone's scratching their heads going, "What the hell's going on?" Everyone's scratching their heads going, "What's with these stories here?" You know. Now, if you're on one side or the other, then you you conveniently can modify your brain to see it in the way that's favorable to the side you want to see. But if you're looking at this from a neutral standpoint, you can see holes in each story, holes in each. Motivation, real talk in the chat likes my recreation of the motor button. <laughs> you, you, you like that? Real talk, if I ever meet you, I'll do that to you. Okay? Well, you take off your shirt, I'll do it to you. So, anyway, that, that's it's just on both sides, I, I think there's we're not getting the truth. And, and we're getting part of the truth from each side. And that's why I'm filling in blanks. because I'm filling in blanks of what is most likely in my mind to have happened. Now, it's possible I'm wrong about some of these things. It's possible I'm partially wrong about some of these things and partially right. But I, I, the, they're leaving gaping holes here, and then I have to fill in the gaping hole with information that I think happened. It's like uh, it's like when you had to take the uh, – I don't know if you took SATs in Canada. What, what, what kind of entrance no, exam? No, what, what do you Do you take any kind of entrance exam to get into no. university? No, no, we don't. It's all based on GPA. Okay. Are you glad I said university instead of college? <laughs> we have colleges here. Then why do they all say university? They don't all. Universities grant degrees. Colleges don't. Anyway. Oh, okay. But, I never knew that. See, I learned something new about Canada. I, I thought it was just that's what you call college in Canada. No, that's no. Someone says, yeah, I'm going to university. And I I, go, <laughs> I hate that. It's not university. It's just, You're going to college, not university. No, we have both. You're going to a university, not university. Well, that's a, yeah. So, so yeah, I, but in the, on the SAT, they would have things like there'd be a sentence and they leave out a word in the middle and you're supposed to fill in the one that's, uh, that's there. They even sentences, at least there was back in the 80s when I took it. Like, they'd even leave out like a, a full sentence in a passage and then you choose what's the most likely sentence to be in there. So that, that's what I'm doing. I'm filling the most likely sentence or sentences to be in the passage where we're missing information that they're purposely leaving out because they don't want us to know the whole story. Each person doesn't want us to know the whole story, I think, uh, because they're afraid that it will destroy their credibility for the rest of the story. And so what the reason this is a big deal to me is that if you boil down to what happened here, it's that people are outraged right now. The ones who are on – well, there's people outraged on both sides. There are people who are outraged that this girl who – was very uh, obsessed with appearing on Poker Night in America to further her own poker career to the point of where when she didn't get what she wanted is attacking an innocent person, innocent people actually, and dragging their name in the mud and trying to ruin their reputation and careers over her 
selfish anger over not getting on the show. That's what the Nolan Dalla supporters are saying. They're mad at her and think she's awful. And the Jacqueline Moscow supporters are angry at Nolan Dalla for being a sexual harasser and uh, and also someone who won't own up to, to his sins. And someone that took advantage of, of a much younger girl, shoved his face in her breasts without permission, and then... Uh, and now he's trying to cover it up, and they're 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 furious at him, and and uh, they see her as as a hero, as a victim, and, and a hero who's coming out and uh, confronting a male who who sexually abused her in a way, and and even those that don't see her as completely a hero, even those who are on her side that say, well, I think this happened, but uh, yeah, we we can tell she's out for herself, but she was also a victim. She's both. Uh, they're, they're still on her side. Well, the difference is I don't see her as a victim. I see a victim as someone who has something happened to them that they did not bring on themselves and that uh, they, they didn't deserve in any way. So the, the, here's just some examples. And, and be, when I say not being a victim, it doesn't mean that the other side didn't do anything wrong to you. Or wasn't inappropriate. It just means that I don't feel you are a victim. Now, let, let's say I was strolling down the street in, in Compton with with, uh, with money hanging out of my pocket, and then uh, I got mugged. A guy showed up with a gun and, and mugged me, and uh, even even pistol whipped me and took my money. You could say I was incredibly stupid for doing this, but I was still a victim. I might have been dumb, but I was a victim. You can't. You could say I made a bad decision, but I didn't bring it on myself. I don't deserve to have my money stolen because I, I walk in a, in a bad neighborhood with money hanging out of my pocket. I still right. should have the right to do that, even though it's mm-hmm. dumb. Okay? Yes. But if I were to walk down the street of Compton and start yelling the N-word all over the place and how much I, I hate black people and start shouting those things, and then you know someone runs up and beats me up for that, they're not allowed by law to do that. I should be able to do that and uh, you know legally. But I wouldn't be a victim because I would be over there to instigate. I would be over there to cause a problem. I shouldn't. I sh- I'd be engaging in behavior I should not be engaging in that's likely to cause a reaction that, while illegal, uh, is in response to what I'm doing, instigating and, and, and causing the problem myself. So while the person beating me up shouldn't have the right to do that and, and even you know, should face criminal charges for it, at the same time, I wouldn't expect anyone to feel sorry for me or treat me as a victim if I did that. Now, I never would do that, but if I did that, I wouldn't be a victim. Whereas if I were just walk down the street minding my own business but was dumb enough to have cash hanging out of my pocket at midnight in, uh, in a bad neighborhood, I'd be dumb, but I would be a victim still. So, that's, so, so here, to apply this to this situation, I don't think she's a victim because I think, and I don't have proof of this, but I think she showed up at that bar to try to butter him up and flirt with him and really... Uh, you know, use her sexuality to, you know, not have sex with him, not do sexual favors, but use her sexuality to try to influence him. And when she did, I, I think she did that. I think she gave him the wrong message, the wrong signal that she wasn't intending to give. He then thought it was okay to motorboat her. And uh, there we have it. Then th- th- this is where the problem occurred. And this is why I don't think she's a victim. Someone who who has the premeditation to do that. And, and I don't have proof she did. So you can say, oh, you're just making this up. Well, I am. 
But mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm filling in a blank because otherwise the story doesn't make sense. And and if this is what happened, and I, I bet it's some form of this, then to me she is not a victim. Furthermore, someone who really felt victimized and traumatized by this. Okay, if they want a cash settlement, okay. You know, if someone does something bad to you, I'll, I'll say, you know, let, let's say let's say one of you guys who listens to this radio show finds me at the World Series and during one of the breaks comes over, comes over and, and, and punches me in the face and runs off. And, and, and you, you break my jaw. You better believe if I find you that I'm going to sue you for everything I can. And I'll be happy to collect a big settlement from you. So I, I wouldn't be ashamed of that. So there's, no, there's nothing wrong with trying to get a cash settlement from someone who has wronged you. And if she felt that uh, she was uh, sexually harassed, first, I, I think a woman who you know, heavily flirts with a guy and then he takes, gets the wrong idea and, uh, and does that, I think you know you push him away and say I didn't mean that, but and you think you may think he's a jerk. I think at that point to try to sue him or do anything, I, I think that's inappropriate. I think you you have to blame yourself a little bit and say you know I'm going to be careful how I act around men before. And I've actually I've had female friends before. I've you know I've had female friends before that I've watched them around guys, and and I've watched them give off total signals like they're interested. And they're not. They just it's just the way they act. I don't think that's what she was doing. But I, I've seen like girls kind of inadvertently give off signals that they're interested. Where if I was the guy, I totally believe it. And then I, I say to them afterwards, I go, you know, did you were you intending to give him that message? Were you trying to show him you're interested? And she's like, oh no, no, I don't see him that way. He's just a friend. I I just see him almost like as like another girlfriend of mine. I don't. I go well. I can tell you as another guy, that's not the way he was taking it. Because if I was in his position, I would take it. The, I would take it like that you're interested in me sexually. And she's like, "Really? I can't." I go, "Well, look what you did. And you look, look where you were touching him. Look at that." Like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. I just kind of thought, you know, it's my friend. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Like, uh, there's some girls who are kind of clueless to that. But I, I'm talking about when you come in with a, if you really come in with the in, intention to flirt with someone and heavily flirt, not just just lightly, I mean heavily, to where you're really trying to use your sexuality to influence them, and then they get the wrong idea and make a move on you, provided they back off once you tell them to stop. Uh, I'm not saying they should do that, and I wouldn't do that in their shoes. I, I always, I'm always very certain before I make a move on, on any woman. I mean, I, I don't anymore because I've been taken for a long time. When I, when I have, though, I've always made 100% sure, not by asking like a, like a chump, but you know, like a, I would, would just really... Being very, very certain in my mind that that's what they really want, and and I've I've been good at that. I haven't I've never made like unwanted advances to anybody, but but there's some guys who who don't, and some guys just just take a chance. They they just feel like they're seeing so many signs it's got to be true, and then they 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 extend themselves too far, and and then uh, do things they shouldn't. So you know it's it's right to push these guys away and say no, you know that's not what I meant. You know don't don't touch me. I didn't. You know that's that's wrong. You know it's okay to reject them at that point and tell them never to do that again. It's even okay to get mad at them, but not to uh, to go as far as like suing or trying to ruin their reputation. That's only where I think that's only justified if the person really just out of nowhere does it to you. If if a guy just walks up out of nowhere and grabs your ass, then yeah, you, they blow him up. Let everyone know that's the way he treats women because you shouldn't do that. That's that's like that is like that's like a mild sexual assault, but it's it's, it's still sexual assault. It shouldn't be happening. Women should not be treated that way. Okay, I I would never consider just walking up to a random girl and grabbing her ass. Never. Okay, so so guys like that. Uh, it's extremely disrespectful, and those guys should uh, should face the consequences. And it, it, you know, if you want to blow these guys on the, up on the internet for doing things like that, provided they really did it, then fine. But but if you're really doing a lot to to use your sexuality to influence them, and they get the wrong idea, 
then you've got some responsibility in it. I'm not saying you deserved it, but you have some responsibility in it, and you don't ruin their life at that point, unless they won't take no, no for an answer and keep persisting. But there's no, that's not in the story. She didn't say, Nolan was on me all night, I pushed him away, and he, he just couldn't keep his hands off me. That, that's not in the story at all. That didn't happen. So uh, th- this is why I, I, I feel that's what happened, and I feel that uh, she's not a victim here. I feel that she should not be, and, and not only is she not a victim, but she, her coming out with this is not even for noble purposes. It's come, she's coming out, as we said at the beginning of the show, for revenge. And for revenge, not because she's mad about having her boobs touched with Nolan's face. She's mad that she didn't get on TV as much as she wanted. And everybody who's looking at this, except for the people who are really, really in denial, just about everybody agrees that if she got what she wanted regarding the airtime and or settlement or whatever, that she would not be bringing this forth at all. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think that, that in a way, both of those things are true. Like, uh, I think that she is mad, and that's why she's coming out with this. And obviously, if, if that if they would have snapped said, "Okay, here's a hundred k," we would never have heard about this ever. But that doesn't mean that she wasn't a victim. Well, I'm but sorry. she's certainly not a hero. Yeah, well, and I didn't. I, I forgot to get to my main point when I was talking about the cash settlement. It's okay to ask for a cash settlement, but when it's, it was it was a cash initially a cash settlement or appear again on the show and get paid for it. So she has no problem seeing all these, uh, the the sexual harasser and the Jew hater and everybody. She has no problem working with them again as long as she gets her exposure. So that's, that's where this really becomes very opportunistic. And there's even some who suspect, and I'm one of these people, that as soon as this happens, remember she was already messaging Chris Capra on November 17th, 2014. So she's not, she's not coming up with all this stuff a year and a half later. She came up with this days later. Two days later. So I think that her mind immediately went into, let's see if I could turn this annoying situation where Nolan took something the wrong way and motorboated me. Let's see if I can turn this into a bargaining chip. Let's see if I can turn this into getting what I want. That's where her mind went. Not, oh my God, I'm so traumatized and never wanted these people again. If you if you are legitimately traumatizing a victim, then you demand a cash settlement for this. You say, I never want to see these people again. Make sure they stay away from me. Make sure they never talk about me. You know, make sure that I'm dead to them. Give me some money for my trauma, and it all goes away. That's a fair way to react if if you really were victimized. Not if you're victimized, you don't say, Oh, I have no problem working with these people again. Just just give me more TV airtime and give me money. That's that to me is not a victim. That that's an opportunist. So that's that's why I don't see her as a victim, and that's why everyone should not be feeling bad for her, feeling outraged on her behalf, or even necessarily hating Nolan for this because you don't know what she may have done to cause him to do this. Even if you, if you believe he did this, which he probably did, I believe he did. You don't know what led up to this, and since she is not being honest with us about everything, what makes you think she's being honest completely about this? What makes you think that she's not leaving out, that she did a whole lot to bring up? And you may say, okay, well, why didn't why didn't uh, Chris Capper say, "Beg, well, you were flirting with him all night. What do you think?" Like, 
Because they're trying to do damage control at that point. They don't want to argue with her at that point. They, they want to make her calm down. They see where she's going with it. And, and uh, they, they want her to calm down. Now, I think if you look at the dates, this is interesting. She sent this text message, you know, talking about Florida on November 17th. On November 18th, that's when Nolan sent her the email. And this must have really pissed her off saying, ah, oh, you know what? Uh, we can't fit you in in Florida anymore. We're so sorry. Nothing personal, just a television decision. It, you know, nothing to do with you personally. You're great. <laughs> that's obviously not true. They must have had a conference about this and said, oh, my God, this, this girl is, is – uh, she's now trying to almost like blackmail us. She's so high maintenance. She's, uh, she's such a pain in the ass. What a mistake bringing her on in the first place. If we bring her back to Florida, we're just going to have more problems. Every time we, we don't – she's going to demand that we only feature the hands that she wants. She's going to demand that we can't ever take her out of her seat for an alternate. She's going to just act like she owns the place. We, we've got to stop this or she's going to just take over. She's going to keep using this, throw this in our faces, and 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 pretty much uh, be our bosses. And we can't have this. So so they came up with the idea. Probably let let's enter this message that we don't uh, we don't have room for her. Uh, then I don't know what transpired in between there. Maybe, maybe she uh, temporarily accepted it, then 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 uh, then figured that she'd message anyway and see if she can get in. And then you know maybe they reluctantly let her come down because there was. Just no room. For, there was uh, not enough alternates, or or maybe even they let her come down because uh, they thought about it and realized that yeah, maybe we should just keep her happy and let her come down. But I I really don't see her as a victim. This is not a hero. This is not someone who you should be feeling bad for or see as a. Uh, and and I think that should influence how angry you are at Nolan Dollar because if you if you change in your mind if you believe my version of events, my theory. It's not as bad anymore. I'm not saying Nolan was in, totally in the right. I'm saying that it's not as bad anymore. It's a big difference when a girl's heavily flirting with a guy with the purpose of manipulating him into giving her more airtime, which is kind of sleazy to do in the first place, to be honest. Uh, and, and then he takes it the wrong way and motorboats her. That's a huge difference in the level of sympathy that you would give her than if a guy just out of nowhere sticks his face in a girl's breast because he, he likes them. It's a huge difference. And then and the amount of outrage you should show about the situation is different. When I feel when somebody brings on their own problems through intentional actions that are not of the best motives in the first place, which if she's coming there to flirt with him to get a better spot on the TV show, is, those are not good motives. Then, then you can't feel like the person's a victim. You've, you've almost got to feel like, uh, well, you reap what you sow. So that's that's how I feel. That this that this is this is uh, my breakdown. We may never get the full story. Uh, Nolan has committed himself already to the <laughs> nothing happened story, and if he were to turn around at this point, and say, yeah, okay, fine, I motorboated. Then he he has no credibility. So he can't. He he now can no longer say that. He's now statemented himself out of telling the truth, probably. Now you've got to say, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And at the same time, I don't think she will ever say, oh, I kind of may have brought it on a little bit by flirting too much. She's not going to say that either. 
She's she's now put out there that he just did this, that she was shocked, that she was a victim. She's got to stick with this too, or she'll look horrible. So neither of them is going to admit to this. The only way it's going to come out is if, if independent witnesses, especially ones that are not biased in the situation, come forward and say they know. Or if we get people who are credible that come out and report behavior on either side that was similar to what's going on now. If we have people coming out saying, oh, you know, she's done this to other guys before too. And and they describe shady circumstances involving her. Then you say, oh, well, this is uh, this is interesting. I, I bet it's, uh, this one isn't really Nolan's fault for the most part. I'm not saying there are. I'm just saying if someone did, that would really change your opinion. Or if people came out and said, uh, you know, credible women came out and said that Nolan just out of nowhere groped them when he was drunk, then I would say, all right, well, maybe he did. <laughs> so in absence of, of parties on either side coming out that are neutral and unbiased that, that back the other side's story, we'll never have the full story. And uh, we'll just have to take guesses like I did tonight. But that's, that's my take on the whole thing. And I think that people getting uh, emotional about this uh, because of one side or the other that you feel so bad for, you shouldn't. And the only reason I got emotional about this, well, not emotional, the reason is it, it kind of irritated me. I think it's the best way I could say it, is that I, I was getting irritated actually on both sides. I was getting irritated by the victim card and the I'm so righteous bringing this out on behalf of all women card that she was playing. And I was also getting frustrated thinking about the conversation I had with Nolan Dalla, who gets me on the phone and probably told me s- several lies, which I, I don't love either. Here's one other clip I want to play of her, and then we'll, we'll be... All right. You want, you want to say something here? Well, I was going to give my summation, but... Okay, uh, I'll, I'll play the clip and give your summation. Yeah, I'll play the clip. This is her talking about... Uh, this is a funny one. You may wonder, how is she feeling about the fact that she's been so much in the public eye before this all broke, like nobody had heard of her except a few people in Florida? So now she is so well-known in the poker world, and I'm sure she'll be a big topic of conversation at the World Series, which is coming up in just a few days. I won't be there for a few weeks, but others will. Colossus is on June 2nd. It's May 28th right now. Is she doing this all for publicity? Is this one of these things where any news is good news if you're trying to become a well-known person? In fact, I have a feeling that Whatever. Well, she's not going to come to the World Series, she said. But if she were to come, I bet whatever event she'd play, that people would be reporting her chip counts, <laughs> whereas before they would they would not. So, right. so, so this has given her some some fame in poker. So the question is, did she want it? And here is her answer to that. A lot of people were were you know wondering about is why did you decide to take so long? You know, the incidents occurred in November two thousand fourteen, and. Yeah, just why why not go with this sooner? I think you got into a little bit earlier. You know, there's potential sponsorships. You wanted to plan potential shows, but yeah, it was, was more so about. I mean, those are minor factors. They were they came into play, of course. Um, but it was it was also about like, just this is embarrassing. Um, do you think that this is how I want to be like thrown into the spotlight? Do you think that I want to be thrown in the spotlight at all? Go take a look at my Twitter. You know, I. I get people commenting all the time saying that I don't post enough photos. I don't post enough photos because I guess other women in poker are, and I'm not judging them by any means. Do whatever you're comfortable with. It's just not me. Like I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I don't go around saying like, look at me, look at me, look at me. 
I posted a photo sarcastically. There's one photo on my Twitter where I'm like covering my face and it's like, here you go guys who are asking for photos all the time. Like I, I again, I'm losing my train of thought because this is no, so, I mean, a from, frustrating from topic. Past, but. Well, I mean, I've had conversations in the past. All right. So that's uh, anyway, that's, that's the relevant part. So she doesn't want publicity. What? I don't care if she has a Facebook or Twitter. First of all, she has her own website, which is all, all these long descriptions about her life and her career. And it tells you more about herself than you'd ever want to know if you go to uh, JacquelineMoscow.com. So you don't make it something like that unless you want people to read it, if you, unless you want publicity. Also, this whole thing was about publicity. She wanted to be on a show, on a poker show, so people learn who she is, get to know her name, presumably find her attractive are interested in her, are interested in seeing her play, and get sponsorships because she becomes famous. So yes, of course she wanted publicity. Not necessarily for this, mm-hmm. but uh, this whole thing was she wants. And she can't say, oh, I'm a private person. I, I'm, I'm off Facebook. I'm off Twitter. That's a strange contradiction. I, I'm, I'm a, a private person, person who wants to be on TV all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another one that I found was, was uh, an odd statement where uh, it's, it sounds okay until you think about it. You go, Wait, wait, wait a minute! And then I, I can't. Believe, this is where Joey softball a little bit. He he talked. I'm not going to play it, but he talked for a few minutes about how you know he's known her before. He knows her boyfriend. Yeah, she's he's never known her to to grandstand. He's, look, she was trying very, very, very hard to appear on TV, and that's been the motivation behind all of this. So, so anyone who's trying so hard to appear on TV and also has their own website is not someone who wants to shy away from the spotlight. That's that's the the opposite. Someone who's upset they didn't get enough time on TV is not a hater of publicity. It's the opposite. So that's uh, again where she says something sounding so sincere, and yet she isn't. So anything people have said, oh, she sounded so sincere with such and such statement. No, she sounded sincere with everything. And then when you think about it, some of these are, are ludicrous statements she made. So that's a. Uh, I'm just saying you're not getting the whole story from either person, and you're getting a lot of posturing from both people trying to make themselves look a lot different than they actually are. Uh, Daredevil, uh, it's been nice having you here on, the, on here. I know you want to make your final statement about it, which, of course, uh, you can go ahead and do. But uh, um, go ahead. Okay. Well, just the quick summation of everything that happened here. So it, she comes forward. She accuses two people. Right, basically, the the, the big things of of, the, of uh, Dal and Hanson. One of them doesn't even refute it, doesn't say anything, just says, I have a lawyer now. Yeah. And the other one, again, based on what we've talked about, seems like you know what he said is not terribly credible. Then you have a third party that endorses that both those things happen. Then she comes out with the text messages proving outright lies that, you know, of the events that Dallas had happened. Now you can kind of prove that she's sugarcoating her own motives, but you, no one's actually proved that she's actually lied about anything. So, and it, I do think she's a victim no matter how hard she flirted with somebody, but she is also not a hero because she obviously would have taken that money if it was given to her and we would have never heard about it. So that's, that's what I think. That's my summation. Okay. 
Well, we have a little bit of different views, but uh, mm-hmm. we, we have FPS Russia says in chat, motorboating is more of a comic gesture than sexual gesture. I, I wouldn't say that. It's, uh, uh, do, do when it's, <laughs> okay. Do you have a wife? Like, that? I mean, it's, I it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a comic gesture if you're doing it like to another guy or something. Like, yeah, if he does it to Bill Chen after karaoke, sure. Yeah, like there's a picture of, of someone motorboating Gavin Smith, like another guy. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a comic probably. gesture. With, with women, especially ones you don't know too well, that's, that's more of a sexual gesture. And, uh, you know, if you like big breasts, then, you know, a guy may have the, uh, yeah, the physical desire to do that. But, uh, you know, of course, it's not, uh, it's not appropriate to do unless it's uh, totally welcome. Let's see. Uh, someone's posting in chat uh, that she was a scientific advisor for a movie called The Perfect 46. I saw that. Yeah, it's on I the IMDb. The... I don't know. What is The Perfect 46? I have no idea. It looks like some... I mean, straight to video movie that low budget. So yeah, yeah. I want to be. I, I want to be a scientific advisor. And, and in fact, cat out of the bag pointed out that I could be. I, I have a, a degree in science, so that's true. I, I could be a scientific advisor. I, you know, I I could actually be a uh, a poker advisor in some of these awful poker movies where they have some terrible scene that's not. God, uh, they need them. <laughs> I don't know why they don't hire that. Why not just get someone that you know is an experienced player to come down and and. and uh, Look at the poker scenes, or read the script of the poker scenes, and and say no, this is ridiculous. Change it. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> you don't yeah. need. Well, you... I, I think it's because it's something because it's not. Um, you know, like medical science is something where everyone's like, oh yeah, I've played poker in a home game, so they don't feel like they need an expert, but they really do. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. Also, like I used to, it used to tilt me when I see like uh, computer related movies, and they would throw in. Jargon or, or things that are done on computers that that are impossible or ridiculous, and mm-hmm. and I'd say this is so dumb. Like I like I know this is like so. F- it's not just science fiction. It's just uh, uh, completely inaccurate to the point of of, of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. And I think do they have an advisor here, or do they just not care? Think he's only a small. Maybe they have an advisor, but they leave it ridiculous because the majority of people watching are not going to notice. Yeah, and uh, and I you know I've heard this from people who watch medical shows, the doctors who see medical shows, hate them because they're so unrealistic and they have so many ridiculous things, and uh, that, that's why I know we're getting off topic here, but one of the few industry shows, like a show about a certain industry that was loved by everyone in the industry, was WKRP in Cincinnati. People said this was actually a very accurate, albeit uh, comic depiction. Of uh, of some of the ridiculousness that goes on at radio stations, so huh. they they all loved WKRP. They didn't complain that uh, oh this is stupid, this is unrealistic. The only thing people didn't like, but they had to do it just for good TV, was that uh, uh, nobody wore headphones on WKRP. Like everything went over the speakers in the in the studio, which didn't make any sense. Oh but, yeah, that's but but they have to be you know you it's uh, otherwise it's kind of too hard to show someone what they're hearing on headphones on TV. So people forgave that. Uh, oh, so uh, Muck Ficon in chat. When he was asking, he's saying he's hungover. He just woke up. Now he's in the uh, the central time zone, so he, he's still pretty early. He woke up at six a.m. But he's saying that uh, he's asking he's he's hungover. Should he just start drinking again? So I, I told him, yeah, have at it. And so he <laughs> he said his girl isn't happy that uh, she heard me say that, and that she said it's too early to start doing shots. And he said he told her back, Todd is God. So that's the, I don't think it's going to endear her anymore to me now that he's saying things like that. I don't think that's going to gain you uh, your any more female listeners. Yeah. So, so yeah, and let's see what else we got in the chat room. Um, 
Uh, are you guys voting Trump? Well, I, I, I know Daredevil isn't. He's not even in the U.S. He's not. Uh, he's not an American. He can't vote. Oh God! I hope he wins, though. Just yeah. for the lulls. There will be some lulls if he wins. Uh, let's see here. Uh, anything else? Uh, the X Factor said Jacqueline belongs in uh, porn, not poker. <laughs> you, you know what's funny is uh, I, I will say this. She actually does have kind of the look that I could totally see in porn. Not just the big breasts, just like the the whole look she has. For some reason, I could totally see her in a in the porn films, and and uh, she'd fit right in. Uh, and this is to say nothing of her personality or anything. I'm, I'm just saying, like certain girls have a, a look where you totally could see them in porn films. Other ones, you'd like think they didn't really belong there. Uh, huh. So he's not he's not even that far off in my in my opinion. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Limitless asking, is this related to Hillary in any way? Uh, I don't know what, what part he was talking oh, about that. Well, there were emails, but... Yeah, there were emails. That's right. <laughs> there were some emails. Uh, uh, FES Russia said, uh, a ruthless gold digger almost wrecked a couple men to reach her goals, but her story has huge holes. I wonder if supposed to, he's trying to rhyme on purpose. Yeah, is this a rap? What's yeah. going on? He should write a rap about her. Uh now we we have a person in the chat named Undefined, and this is not like uh, from th- your well. This is hold on, this is not the same as uh, Terrence Chan's name on Poker Stars, which was unassigned, which I think was probably an inside joke with the company that his yeah he was, his name there was unassigned, but Undefined was someone who didn't log out and log back in when I reset it's the an chat room. Inside joke with you and your software. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm gonna have to reset this whole chat room, like like totally delete it from the site and, and reinstall it because it's it's got a problem that a lot Don't of people. Don't you do this every week? I have been for the last few weeks, where the where the the chat room just gets stuck and people who are there are just stuck there forever. Now the good thing is, if anyone comes in chat during off hours, they go, "Wow, this is an active site." They always got like 20 <laughs> people in chat. <laughs> people are chatting 24 seven here. This is, must be a great place. Uh, of course, everybody's really gone. They're just stuck there. But uh, undefined, whoever that is, says. Nolan was way out of line, but Jacqueline had shady personal intentions that backfire, so now her satisfaction is getting revenge and trying to look like a hero to the female gender. So that's that's Undefined, who also said, I, I haven't slept yet and have had a few drinks myself, Undefined is saying. This, this is the one opportunity, Undefined, by the way, to post anonymously in the chat room. Everybody that's else true. has to log in as their name on the forum, and I know who you are. But Undefined, you can say whatever you want. I'll never figure it out. Uh, and uh, Muck Ficom is pointing out that Tide Poker never has these issues, especially it doesn't now. If you, if you have a computer, go to TidePoker.com right now. You'll see a, oh, it's, it's, it's a, a very nice site at this point, TidePoker.com. <laughs> hey, its homepage is better than Poker Fraud Alert. There's animation, there's music. That's true. It's, a lot it's a, going on it's, there. That's a fun page. Uh, oh, it was to find his beer and poker. He solved the mystery. He should have not told me and just talked crap. I wouldn't be able to tell who he is. We see Ar- I see Ari's in the chat. I assume that's probably Ari Engel, the famed Bodog Ari, Ari, the famed uh, Mm -hmm. Jewish tournament player. Hmm. So if it is, hello, Ari, and uh, I'm sure I will see you at the World Series. Ari plays a lot of events there. I usually see him around. And uh, I'm forgetting if he plays the limit events. I I think he did it one time. I don't know if he still does. Some of the no-limit guys kind of just... Some of them have given up on the limit events of the World Series. They they realize that it's kind of a waste of money, uh, but but some of them still try, and some of them actually are, are competent at limit, uh, despite being the limit guy. But uh, to be honest, most of the no limit tournament players suck at the limit events, and 
Occasionally, one will luck box into a deep finish, or even winning it occasionally. But that's, uh, I can tell you that they're they're not playing it right. Oh, it's, it is it is Ari. He says it's the first time listening live. Yeah, I, I think that's what I need to do is just uh, broadcast in the middle of the night. Though I guess we are in the middle of the night usually. Like it's the end of the show at the middle of the night. Yeah, usually. You need the middle of the night on random days. That's the element you're missing. Yeah, Ari said he's going to play the 1500 limit. Okay, that's going to be my first event, June 14th. I will be there at the 1500 limit and maybe at Ari's table. If uh, if Ari, I don't know how Ari is at the limit. I know he's been around a long time, so maybe he was a limit player at one point. Uh, if, Ari, if you're good at limit hold'em, I hope you're not at my table. If you're if you are like a typical no limit tournament player at limit hold'em, I hope you are at my table. <laughs> And uh, I honestly don't know. I've, I don't think if I've seen him play limit hold'em, it's been a long time. So I don't. I just don't remember how he plays limit hold'em. So, uh, like, I, I definitely don't want him at the no limit events for sure. If I see him at the no limit events, then I, I won't be happy, and I'll hope at least I have a position on him. But uh, I actually had you know, Shane Slager. <laughs> he said this to me once uh, when this is many years ago. But uh, I kept getting him at the different events that I, I was in, and so. He had, he was with me at a limit event, and so he told me he was unhappy to see that. He says, "I don't like seeing you here. This uh, th- that you're one player I don't want to see when I sit down here." But uh, at the no limit events, I'm fine having you at the table. <laughs> compliment ish. It was it was, like, it was like a backhanded compliment yeah. that he's uh, he's okay with me at the no limit, but he doesn't want me at the limit. So, though I, when I played the mixed hold'em event uh, and got deep in that, they were all saying. Like without me identifying, like a lot of people didn't really know me there or didn't know much about me, but they said, "Let me guess, you're a limit player, huh?" Like they they could just tell because they 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 could just tell in the two parts of it when they go limit no limit, they could just tell where I seemed more intimidating, where it seemed like uh, they were having more problems with me. Uh-huh. So they, now you're going to play your first non hold'em event this year. Is I am. It? I'm going to play my first non hold'em event, uh, Omaha Eight, and okay. uh, you know it's. Uh, I, I've been trying very hard. I've been practicing on Bovada at uh, two four through ten twenty, Omaha eight or better, uh, and I, I'm trying to get the limit hold'em concepts out of my head. Even though it's a limit game, it's just uh, a lot of differences there that you have to get out of your head as far as uh, chasing the non-nut hands and right. and uh, letting good of uh, letting go very strong pre-flop hands on a bad flop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That uh, it's a lot. You got to stop yourself from taking one off in, in Omaha. <laughs> you do. You <laughs> get into more trouble. Yeah, you've, you've really got to stop taking one off if you're in bad shape on the flop, and uh, yeah. and also you've got like like I, I've always got to fight myself going like, okay, I can only win half the pot now. I've got to fold. I've got to fold. Like I, I've got to like <laughs> obsess. Like I, I've got to convince myself that uh, if I'm Going for half the pot but don't have it yet, that's a big mistake. Like, that's, yeah. It's one thing if I've got half the pot no matter what. But uh, but you, you know what's so tilting with that game? I'll tell you what's so tilting with that game, what upsets me, it, is, is the counterfeiting that goes on. It, it just it, – it's so frustrating, the counterfeiting that happens with, with those lows. And uh, yeah. it, it's just – you think everything's great. I know at Limit Hold'em you have the bad beat cards coming down. It, it's also frustrating like because you know when like a bad card hits the river – even if it's not counterfeiting for the high, like a bad card hits the river and in Hold'em at least you have some optimism that it probably didn't help someone. 
Right. And Omaha, there's such a higher chance that, like, yeah. the board pairs and your flesh is dead. Like, it, it's just so – you just feel like you're constantly getting bad beat there. And this is from someone who plays Limit Hold'em who's used to, like, way more bad beats than the no-limit players face. Right. So it's a, that, that's kind of tilting. But uh, anyway, as, as you guys can understand – as you can see, at least from my discussions, of this, you can tell I understand the game. And you don't have to – at least I'm not dead money there. And, uh, and we'll see how it goes. It'll be my first uh, 08 tournament. But, but keep in mind, my first Limit Hold'em tournament – I finished third. My second Limit Hold'em tournament, I finished first. And these are both of the World Series. So uh, just because it's my first tournament in Omaha 8 doesn't mean I have no chance. I proved that twice 11 years ago. And uh, Well, good luck to you and Brandon. I know you both can be playing a decent amount of events. Yeah, Baron Poker saying it sucks when you look down and King King nine nine double suited and you're just like fuck this hand I got to fold it under the gun. I, I didn't King King nine nine double suited isn't even that good of a hand. <laughs> it's, that's not uh, in high low. Yeah, but the nine not a good hand at all. But... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the nine the nines are terrible cards in that game. Seven eight and nine suck in that especially eight and nine. Also, you would then making a king high flush is that's like yeah how you get yeah no, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, so I'm saying I don't like I don't like King King nine nine. That's a uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying like. You can never play King King Nine Nine, but it's uh, that, that I don't go. Oh, that's a great hand. I gotta fold it. Like I, I that hand, it, it kind of can look pretty, but you, you you just know it's not that good. You just you know if you get, get the hold of mindset out of your head, you, just, you know it's not that good. I, I really what what just irritates me about '08 is the all the counterfeiting and all the bad beats you take at it. Uh, Muck Ficon asking what events is Brandon playing? Crap, he told me the other day. I think it's at the very end of the last show. But uh, I, I'm making – I might as well announce this for anybody who's listening, whether you're a member of the site or not. Uh, I'm once again introducing the hashtags. In fact, uh, I'll be doing it this weekend. I'll be posting the threads. Uh, there's going to be hashtags you can put on Twitter. You don't have to be a member of the site. You don't have to do anything except use this hashtag, and it will automatically post your World Series updates to our poker th- fraud alert threads about each event. So I'm not going to create a thread for every single event, but as long as it's an event I know people are playing. So let me know if you, you're going to use this hashtag. I'll put up whatever event you're playing, even if you're not on the site. And so you just do the hashtag PFA you know, for poker fraud alert, hashtag PFA, and then the two-digit event number. So if it's under 10, you like if it's event number 8, you do PFA 08. If it's event number 12, PFA 13. If it's event number 60, PFA 60, you know, with hashtag before it. And if you do that, that's all you have to do. It will automatically post on Poker Fraud Alert your World Series update of, of your chip counts. And don't feel bad about like putting a million chip counts up there because uh, that's what the threads are for. And, and this way, this is how people who are reading the site can easily follow those who are playing the event that are either members here or just like listeners to the radio show that want to update there too. So that's that's something you can do. And that's all you have to do. It's I, I have a, uh, a a Twitter bot that is constantly searching for that hashtag, and is uh, and posts it to the site. So that's that's how that's how I update. That's you know I, I actually made it for selfish reasons. I made it so I can update my World Series results or not results, my World Series progress in various events. And have it just posted to the site. Now, of course, you can always check my Twitter. The Twitter I'm going to be posting my World Series of Poker updates on is different than my normal Twitter. 
And that's one I only use during the World Series. It's Dandruff Poker. It's Twitter.com slash Dandruff Poker, exactly as it sounds. No, no dashes, no underscores, nothing, just Dandruff Poker. And that's where I post my chip counts. That was actually at the request of uh, Jesse Martin, a fellow bracelet winner, a fellow uh, Limit Hold'em player also. And he told me that uh, he likes reading my content on my regular Twitter account, but it drives him up the walls to see chip updates that it, it they irritate him. He just wants to see my regular content. Can I please separate them? So I finally did. And, of course, once I separate them, who follows Dandruff Poker but Jesse Martin? <laughs> so I, don't, I don't quite understand that. Like, like, why complain about my chip counts and then follow my chip count account? But uh, that's what he did. But anyway, that's, uh, Dandruff Poker is where my chip counts and other updates. I, I, I try to post a lot on there to not just give updates of how I'm doing. And of course, I, I have investors who listen to this show and who post it on the forum. So you know, 40% of me is sold for everything but the main event, which I have myself in. But uh, So I not only want to update everybody a lot so they know where their money's going, <laughs> but, but also uh, I try to make you feel like you're there and you know, I'll talk about who's at the table with me that you might know or any interesting thing that happens or unusual things that happen. Uh, I, I try to really give updates so you can almost feel like you're there at the table with me. And uh, that's also why I have it on a separate account. So this way I don't drive people crazy with just incessant updates. So this way, if you want the incessant updates, you follow Dandruff Poker or just go to the World Series of Poker 2016 forum on Poker Fraud Alert and you can just read the thread for whatever events I'm playing. And uh, Brandon will be using that hashtag when he plays. And anybody else is welcome to use it. And when I say anybody, I really mean anybody. Just make sure there's a thread for your event because just I don't feel like making 67 threads when, when most of them are not going to be used. So uh, I will make one for the Colossus, of course. I'm sure a lot of you are playing that, even though I'm not, even though Brandon's not, but I'm sure a lot of you are. And I'll make one for the any other high-profile event, you know, the Millionaire Maker, the, uh, the Deep Stack, uh, or the Monster Stack, you know, I... I'm not playing all of those. I'm playing the Monster Stack, not the Millionaire Maker. But okay. But anyway, that's uh, th- those will be up there. But just check what's there, and uh, and you can post hashtag PFA and the two-digit event number. And yeah, I- I'm looking forward to the World Series as as I always do. Uh, it's it's something that I I wouldn't want to do all year. It's something that I find stressful, but it's at the same time. It's not all bad stress. It's it's a lot of it's excitement. I mean, I'll tell you one of the stressful, most stressful moments of my life was uh, the, the the heads up match to win a bracelet at the World Series, where I ended up winning. That was very right. stressful. It was very stressful. In fact, the whole that whole final table was stressful. Like the second I got there, I was stressed, and I actually said, you know what? I think it's better that I'm stressed. I think this will make me concentrate better. So, so I said, I'll just I'll just, I'll just stay stressed. But I, I was very stressed. But but I, but of course, I I I look on that day very fondly. But uh, so there, there, you can have stress and not be upset about it. So I, I enjoy playing at the World Series. Uh, of course, I had such a nice intro to it with those two lucky finishes I had in 2005. And uh, of course, you know, there's frustrating moments there. But it, it's it's also a time of year when you see a whole lot of players you normally don't see in person, and uh, people from the radio show who listen who I've never even met before come up to me and talk to me. And uh, it's just got an atmosphere that's just uh, – it almost reminds me of like going to summer camp when I was a kid. And except it's, uh, it's all adults and it's, it's, it's for poker. But there's just a lot of people in poker who are excited for it, even those who 
can sometimes get irritated by the fail that uh, Caesars gets into every year, which I'm sure we'll have more of this year. That's just that's just their trademark. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so. But yeah, it is kind of poker Christmas, and uh, even as you know, as a fan, I've listened to this show for God a long time. But even even the shows during the World Series always feel kind of special. There's a different kind of tone to them. It's just there's always a lot of stories to cover. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, there are, and, and I also like if, if there's anything I can impact there with this show that's, that's positive, that of things that happen that uh, that are wrong, that that I feel that uh, we could correct or get the right information out. And so, one time it was even uh, something on behalf of the World Series when that guy got mugged, and it turned out that right. he, was, he was really one at fault. And I defended the, I was one of the few defending the Rio there. And I was right. And then, uh, then also on the flip side, when that guy got stuff stolen out of his room, who's actually an investor in me this year, by the way, the guy who got crap stolen oh. out of his room uh, because the Rio double-checked someone into his room. They, they actually yeah. gave his room to two people, yeah. and the second person came in there and stole his stuff. And then, and then the Rio was denying it happened and, and, uh, and was refusing to compensate him. Uh, I, they weren't budging. He went on this show. We gave it coverage, and uh, shortly after that, the the Rio fully compensated him. They they when when he appeared on the show, they were offering him some sort of lame like partial compensation. It was BS, and uh, we featured him on here. We made a, a, a big deal about it. It was the lead story, and uh, you know I, I told him come on here. I'm totally on your side, and and he got paid, and and now he listens to the show, and in fact he he bought a piece of me this year. So so like I like to cover all these type of stories, whether it's uh, something. Pro World Series or anti World Series with with things that have happened, uh, whatever it is, I, I want the one who's right to get the proper coverage, and that's what I've said before. I just I just tell it like it is. I don't have an agenda to make anyone or anything look bad, and and I'm not going to cover for anyone or anything. So that's, uh, but I'd like to be part of that. I'd like to have this voice. Uh, the, by the way, the, the World Series, I'll tell you, and I, they've told me this. They're very aware of the show. They, they 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 don't like when we say things that are negative. They they uh, they're very aware we exist, and and there is some influence here. And I, I've I've been told this directly that uh, that they're aware the show has a real audience, and that they they don't want. Uh, no, I'm not saying I can just boss them around and, and they do whatever I say. That's not true. But but that uh, you know we do have some impact when we cover these type of stories. Both you know positive and negative about things that go on. So I that I like liked hearing that, and uh, and I've seen some results with that. So anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. It's uh, 4:39 in the morning. Thank you, Daredevil, for making your return. For those of you who haven't listened in a while or ever, Daredevil was was gone since since February. Yeah, and and he was he was the only co-host tonight. Yeah, I saw this. I've kind of been following this topic and uh, lurking on the site. I saw Todd was going to do an emergency radio show, and I texted him and I said, I want to be on. At least I think this will, will silence the critics who – because I had people asking even in the thread on the site, like, okay, now tell us what really happened with Daredevil. Tell, 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 uh, us, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us what you really did to him because yeah, obviously some terrible thing happened and you guys are never going to speak again. Yeah, I know Brandon. He, he mentioned that to me too, but – 
there was something on the side. Yeah, there's no way to... I owed him money and yeah, this nonsense. There was no way to convince them that, that, that this was okay and that, uh, no, you nothing, know... You, nothing ever happened personally between me and Todd or me and Brand. Yeah, so you just left for, you know, for your own personal reasons and that... Uh, and, yeah, that's the thing. With this show here, uh, with, with all the co-hosts, even Brandon, who's, who's left for periods of time, everybody is here who does... Helps with this show and, and co-hosts here. Even Brandon, who's the, who's the uh, the second main host here, we, you know, we have two main hosts of the show typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, even with Brandon, uh, you know, he, there's been long periods of time where, where he's left the show for one reason or another. And I, I, the only constant that's been here the entire time has been me, and that's because you know, I own the site. But but with the co-hosts, there's no no one's forced to be here. No one's under contract. Nobody's been getting paid. So you only are here as a co-host if you want to be here and you're enjoying it and if you're in a place in your life that, that you can fit it in to everything else going on. And if for whatever reason, uh, as a co-host, this, is, this isn't working for you at the moment. Even if there's nothing wrong with, with anything that's happened on the show, you just uh, can't do it or you're just not in the right state of mind to do it. That's fine. You're, there's no expectation on anyone. I just appreciate anybody who wants to help out here and, and keep me company and, and, and even sometimes uh, provide alternate points of view on these topics. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We will still have our regular show. Don't worry, this is not in place of the Wednesday show. Sometimes we'll have a show like on the weekend, and I say, guess what? Now there's no Wednesday show. It's not going to be that. We're going to have our show on Wednesday, June 1st, just like we scheduled. This is just an extra. So if you, just in case the eight hours... On Wednesday the 25th, which is literally... We, we started at 8 o'clock sharp and ended at uh, 4 o'clock sharp. It was exactly 8 hours. It started at 8 o'clock sharp. And we didn't try that. It just ended exactly 8 o'clock... 8 hours, I mean. So, oh, yeah. And that was someone with like 8 co-hosts? Yeah. We had a lot of co-hosts. <laughs> so, so we... Just in case the 8 hours there was not enough for you. Just in case the... 3 hours here we did, which feels not like a long topic. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know what? It feels longer than three hours. It, feels it like does. It feels like, I've been it feels on... like a full show. Yeah, it's, I, <laughs> well, I've been on for a while. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've been on for six hours, honestly. So, just in case these 11 hours we've done since the 25th are not enough for you, in four days, here's another show on June 1st. TMMLK for co host. Maybe TMMLK. Yes, yeah, I know you were upset that we hung up on TMMLK. Yeah, disrespect that, that, that legend. I, I think it's like a Canadian bias here that you. Uh, you wanted me to keep the, the only Canadian. you know how sad he is tonight? The Raptors are out. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sad, too. I had a series, like a future series bet on them, but I, I didn't expect it to win. So, all right, people. Uh, we'll be back, as I said, on Wednesday. Uh, you may be wondering, are we going to cover this for three hours on Wednesday as well? The, the answer is no. What I'm going to say on Wednesday, unless there's new developments, I'm going to say, if you want to know about this in depth, go listen to the... Friday night, Saturday morning episode. So, we'll have new material and it'll feel a little strange not covering it unless there's something new, but I think we've talked this one to death. Yeah, we've talked this one to death for now. Thank you, Daredevil. Thank you, everybody, for listening live. We had better ratings than I thought we would, and I'm sure the archives will get plenty of downloads. If you're new to the show, check us out on Wednesdays. 7.30 to 8 o'clock is when I appear. Stay on for about 8 hours. Brandon will be here. Good night, and shalom. Shalom.